Hello and welcome to Do Not Resuscitate, the DNR fancast. I am the DM Ken, and joining me is Amy. Hi, I'm Amy, and I play V, the half orc fighter. And Rob. Hi, I'm Rob. I play Hamish Thorlifson, the dwarven. The dwarven sorcerer. You cut out. <laughs> Did I? Yes. Dwarven sorcerer, yes. CJ. Hello, my name is CJ, and I play Jacoba, the drow bard. And last but not least, Ian. Uh, I am Ian, and I play Liam Melsir, the half-elf bard. Last session, y'all got a weird job request that was slid under the door in the middle of the night in terrible handwriting and had bad grammar, requesting very suspiciously that the party capture an Etten alive, which is a two-headed giant, and deliver it outside of town for a thousand gold. Eh, you guys figured that for a thousand gold, that's pretty good, so you'd go for it. But you all also rolled to see if you knew what an Etten was and realized that uh, they're nothing to fuck with. So you figured you should get some help. Jacoba went and recorded Susie, uh, and the rest of you went to go to the local match board and went to uh, just see if there's a mercenary. And you did. You found an ad for a mercenary. Uh, there was a couple Dear Hamish requests on the board, which is pretty good. And V found a battle axe for sale for a mere five gold, which is half what it's normally worth. Much of her despair, V went and found the axe, only to find it was poorly taken care of and covered in rust. Uh, v, quote-unquote, haggled the price down to from five to one, <laughs> and then took the axe over to Liam's little brother, Jamie, for some much-needed TLC. Fortunately, in about eh, half an hour, he in a couple cold pieces, he was he was able to polish it up, sharpen it, get a fresh handle on it, and it's right as, right as rain with a little character. While they were doing that, Liam, Hamish, and Jeremy went to go hire the mercenary, who turned out to be a dragonborn named Andax, which, in my mind, because this was a randomly generated name, I kind of want to call him Ajax, you like the soap, or that guy from uh, Deadpool, but that's not his name. His name's Andax, and they agreed to meet on the road going north out of Fair Bay sometime in the morning. And also, you talked about uh, renting a cart, because moving an Etten from the woods back by hand would be a bitch. So, if I remember correctly, the deal for that was uh, five gold for the rental with a 50 gold security deposit, which I think was already subtracted from someone's inventory by the end of last session. I don't remember. Does anyone remember that part? Who paid for that? One me. <laughs> was not me. There was a security I deposit for that. might have been me. I do not remember. <laughs> I didn't listen back to the last episode. Before I we think started. we might have just discussed it and haven't actually done it yet. Okay, then. Yes, yeah, so someone will have to pick up the the oxen cart. Otherwise, you're going to have to drag an unconscious and possibly reconscious Etten all the way back to Fairbay, which is not going to be easy. Oof. We're not quite going to Fairbay. Because I thought they wanted us to bring it to, like, someplace right outside of town. Yeah, but the walking distance is roughly the same, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Bringing it in town would be a problem. Just I'm talking th talking about distance. Like carrying it that far or dragging it that far is nightmarish. Although you did get a couple, you did hire a couple extra hands, including mm -hmm. Susiana, who I will put on the map here for the uh, the office. My girl. For now. For now. So I'm trying to remember the timeline. I think we just left it off like you guys were going to chill for the night and meet up with Andex in the morning. The fuck was that? So, um, I, I don't know if he wanted to do any interactions with Cheddar, because I know there was in the morning where you guys had gotten back really late at night the night before, and V spent the night in the office waiting for Cheddar to get back. And when she woke up in the morning, Cheddar was there, and she got him some food, and he went back to sleep, and it was very cute. 
Mm-hmm. And it's the morning again now? That's what we just said? Uh, yeah, I was no, thinking, no, we hadn't. Unless, oh, you, yeah. unless V wanted to do something in the evening time. Uh, yeah, she'll go check out if Cheddar's awake. Yeah, in the evening, he's pretty much as soon as like the sun goes down, he would be gone. So I don't know when you would, unless you want to like stake out his little house, which you you guys did fix up, by the way. That happened mm-hmm. last, last session, which was very sweet of you. Mm-hmm. Very, very yeah, I believe Liam did it. Yes, V tried. Yes, and it just didn't go well, and she's just went to Leo, go no, please help. <laughs> help. <laughs> help. Make work. Um, uh, well, I mean, if he's gone, it's not a big deal. They talked this morning, so you know. Yes. So I, I figure there's no plans for the evening specifically, unless Liam wants to try and stake out Zill. Other than that, we can fast forward to the morning and you can get the ox cart and meet up with Andax and Susie. Um, I don't I don't think Liam would want to. I feel like if Zill were to find anything of uh, significance, he would just leave a note or tell Liam. Yeah. And the one time you did find him, it was something like two in the morning. So like, yeah, you'd be waiting up really, really late to stake him out. So, yeah. And sleep's important. Yes. <laughs> So if we just want to fast forward through the morning breakfast ritual, Hamish is just conked out somewhere, storing like a rock slide, sawing logs, and just cooking breakfast, we can maybe jump ahead to leaving Fairbay for this interesting hunting mission. Sure. Let's do it to it. So let me quickly jump over. so weird. Yeah, so everyone will be meeting up. So there's this main road going northeast out of town that it goes out that way a bit and then goes north. And if we go to the Theria map, y'all were supposed to be going to the High Mantle Forest to find this Etten. The Susie meets up with all of you in the office and on your way out you meet Andax who when you meet him he is dressed in scale mail armor and has a huge two-handed battle axe on his person and he doesn't say much when you meet he just nods and like gestures like after you and you know you're there to leave so I think when they meet up with him because V hasn't met him yet she's gonna give him like the the once over up and down look at his axe and be like it's a nice axe Thanks. He's not coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, An accident's going to befall him, and V is going to have a new axe. An accident? This is going to be the first major death in the story, isn't it? (laughs) And axe in the woods. You say, baby. We're going to have to investigate a body in the woods. I was just happy for V. To have a, an axe bro, okay? Yeah, that's what I was like, <laughs> axe bros. He's, she's not going to steal his axe. She's got her yeah. axe set up. <laughs> yeah. Um, we walked into a fairly prominent house, and the first thing she wanted to do was steal, like, a 2,000-pound statue. Yeah, but those guys are assholes. <laughs> and you have never met this person before. Say the same thing. You don't know Andex. He could be a dick. <laughs> uh, he uses axes. Obviously, he has good taste. <laughs> there are people in the Fang who used axes too. 
Oh, yeah. Jerry's still out on him. He can be redeemed. <laughs> Listen, she's not going to murder him in the woods for her his axe, okay? She's got two battle axes. Well, also, two? You have three, don't you? No, I have two battle axes, two regular hand axe. No, uh, okay. one regular hand axe, no wiggly hand axe. Wiggly uh, okay. hand axe. I can't wait for that thing to sprout arms and legs and start running around. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to start talking and it's just going to be the chicken from Quest for Camelot. I know I've referenced that more than once, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be the case. I haven't decided yet. We'll see what happens. I think this could be determined by, by rolls. We'll have to see what the dice say the magic does to the axe. Mm -hmm. Well, I haven't brought it yet to the the smart circle, the, the one that makes things intelligent. So, Yeah, right now it's it's just animated. It's just animated. So we got to give, give it some life, you know? Yeah. That's not cruel. <laughs> We're not having this debate again. <laughs> so the guys look a road. Do you want me to roll for another hurricane? Um, <laughs> well, don't roll a one, but yes. Here we go. Five. Uh, it's not a one. Once again, not a one. Y'all can't travel at all without it just being rainy and shitty doesn't slow you down at all, but it's not fun. But the the tricky thing about the High Mantle Forest is that, uh, unlike the undead who are very near the edge, the uh, the Etten isn't going to be so kind and convenient. So we're going to need some survival checks for tracking. Mm, I'm good at those. Someone's going to have to hunt this thing down. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to V for that one. Oh, wait, I'm not as good at this as I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> Probably better than I. I mean, she's gotten by. Hey! Oh, 21's not bad. All right. Fantastic. So, so you enter the high mantle forest, and entering in from your usual route, this is a pretty well-traveled path for all of you at this point. You... You have some trails that you recognize. You pass by the magic circle. You, you poke your head in. There's no new undead for some reason. Because I'm trying to think of the timeline. It's been like four or five days, maybe. I'm not sure if it's even been that long since the guard came in and eliminated, like wiped out, exterminated all of the undead in the area. And then Lester got blown up. Regardless where you found Jeremy, no new undead. Which is good news, I suppose. But uh, reasons for that are unknown at this point. But you also... Um, yes. Any any changes to the circle? None that you see. It looks okay. the same. Same old scorch marks into the, into the ground. So, with that survival check, you do know that Etten's, like most giants, don't just hang out near where people would tend to be. So it would probably be much deeper into the high mantle forest. And V knows exactly the kind of area they like to find. They probably like to be near the larger trees where they can, it, it acts like a windbreak. It hides the sounds of them moving around. It, they, they tend to be safer in that area. And as she starts going around the bushes, she starts noticing some of the footprints. They're like real big. And she even comes across one or two that aren't aren't Etten footprints, but also concerning, you know, some troll-like footprints and maybe some lesser 
giant footprints, but they're kind of old and not too much of a concern, other than that they're there. So it might be an important thing for V to share with the party that Ettins are not the only big scary things in the High Mantle Forest. But she does find some fairly fresh tracks heading towards the heart of the High Mantle Forest. And as you get traveling a little bit closer, you start to smell a little bit of smoke, like a, like a campfire. And you enter this, this clearing. And in, in this little clearing is, calling it a hut would probably be a little generous, but like a lean-to, where there's a couple trees that were ripped up by hand, probably. A or, bivouac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd probably be a good way to call, to call it. Let's see. What's a bivouac? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, bivouac. So fairly simple, but it's shelter. And there's a simple fire mm. in the middle. And staked over the fire is like a whole deer just on a spit roast. And it smells pretty good, but... This is like a bonfire to cook a whole deer for one creature. And you do not see it, but you seem to have found its camp. Well, I mean, it's going to be back uh, soon-ish because the deer is cooking. Well, you also can't exactly see inside the bivouac unless you angle yourself to, like directly into the opening. Uh, I feel like we may have someone who can do that if he wants to burn a spell slot. Let's not make him burn a spell slot. Yeah, let me just. Let me uh, just. How do I? Um. Well, Jeremy, let's. Where is it? I don't know. Uh, Liam is going to sneak up and take a look inside the bivouac. Oh dear. Okay. Ooh, 22 yes. stealth. Fantastic. Yeah, you are silent as the night. So Liam can successfully sneak up. So you just want to like get peek into the bivouac and see if there's any movement in there? Mm-hmm. So looking into the bivouac, you see a little like pile of like tr tree branches and roots that's like almost looks like a bird's nest but it's it's got this huge indentation where the Etten probably sleeps but it's not in there and there's a huge pile of bones in the corner of all the other animals it's eaten okay um so he's not in there there's Liam's ability to um, track things is rather limited. Let me look. So what would he do? At your companions, what skills do they have? Um, survival for Susiana is plus one. Not good. Uh, Jeremy's skill in survival is plus is uh, minus one. <laughs> oh, Jeremy. Not good. Um, and Dax. What's his survival skill? His survival skill is zero. None of your companions are particularly <laughs> deft hunters. <laughs> Except for V. I got like a plus three. I think V's Solid. The, I think V's the She's best. She's a kind of deft hunter. 
She's the yeah. only one who could even claim the title hunter at all. Okay. Jeremy has not hunted anything. Index apparently has not done. Well, maybe not any serious deep woods hunting like this. Not if he's based <laughs> in Fair Bay, right? <laughs> and Susiana, we know Susiana. She's a she's an entertainer. She's not a hunter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we're saying is we need me to do another survival check. <laughs> yes, I think that's what we're saying. Yes. You so, could have Hamish do it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Oh, oh no. Uh, it, in the middle of this camp, any tracks that you'd find all overlap one another because it's heavily trafficked by this one Eton. It, <laughs> it goes round and round and round. So it's hard to know which is fresh, which is not. So I imagine she just like walks around, takes a look at a few things and turns back to the party and just shrugs like, like, I don't know. Everything gets a little hazy from here. So Hamish will step forward and say, well, who's hungry then? (laughs) Point to the deer. How does the deer smell really good or like? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's skinned and like it's missing its head so and it's been gutted, so it knows how to clean it. And it's just just roasting over the fire and it smells fantastic. V might drift that way, like it does smell good. Is she gonna take a bite? No V, that deer is too small for you. <laughs> it's a pretty big deer. <laughs> In fact It's Saria, so it could weigh something like three thousand pounds, we don't know. And yeah. Actually, hold on, hold on. Let me determine how large this is. Let me roll, hold on. Well let me roll a D ten. On a scale of one to ten, let's see how big this deer is. Nine. Yeah. This is a big deer. Like Oh yeah. Th- this was a full elk. This would feed a family for a week. Or more. It's it's a lot. <laughs> and it smells amazing. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Does V take a bite? That's a good question. Um eh, eh. let's just let's just see. Nah, she doesn't. There's more important things to be done rather than eat some yeah. very delicious smelling deer. Hamish does. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got Hamish, this- uh, Hamish cuts off a, a, a chunk of meat and sets down crisscross applesauce next to the fire and starts chomping away. <laughs> crisscross applesauce. <laughs> um... <laughs> okay. Uh, everyone roll per- some perception for me. Hmm. Perception. 14 Ooh. from Liam, 13 Jacoba, 15 Hamish. Perception. 7 Viv- Vivian. Andex is also going to have some. He rolled an 8. He's not very interested. He's a little distracted by how delicious that smells. 8 from oh. Susiana. Come on, Jeremy, you can do it. <laughs> oh, Jeremy. That's a zero. Jeremy the zero in <laughs> that is, is, this, is this our first zero? I don't think so. Okay. I that might be Jeremy's first zero. I don't think it's the first zero from Jeremy. I think all of the zeros that have happened are probably from Jeremy because he has some not great stats. Like, uh, he's he's got some good decks and he's got some good charisma. He's very charming and he's very quick, but he's not strong or tough or wise. He's kind of smart, but not super smart. <laughs> so he's, uh, you know, little this, little that. Um, so I'm looking at these. Right. 
honestly, Hamish and Liam and Stukova. All of you hear some thumping and rustling a little bit distance north of where you are. Uh, he is going to, Liam is probably going to uh, kind of like stand up alert when as soon as he hears something that could sound like heavy footsteps and probably shoo everybody out of the camp with warning that he might be hearing Zed Eden. I thought the point was to get the Eton. Why would we uh, run away from the Eton? Um, so we can attack him first versus him attacking us first. Eh, fine, fine. I mean, you could stay here if you'd like. I won't stop you. Just ready up. <laughs> She's going to give him a look like, yeah, you could stop me if you wanted to. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Whatever, buddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> do, do, do you want to test this theory? Because I'm pretty sure you do not have a very good wisdom. Oh, it's cheating if you use magic. <laughs> <laughs> and my wisdom's not bad, okay. It's not good. It's just not bad. <laughs> okay. So I have this blank canvas of a map over here that is just my general use map. So for reference, all of the people are were around the campfire here in the middle of this clearing. And the trees are a little sparse because they're big. And the Etten is coming from north. And Liam has told everyone to, hey, let's get the hell out of here. Nice. Uh, Including the campfire. <laughs> we take the deer with us. <laughs> it's like, I'm out of here too, guys. Deuces. Yeah, so the moment, at the moment of warning, both Susie and Andex would follow along. Jeremy will wait to see what Hamish does. Uh, <coughs> Hamish is going to move behind this tree. All right. Jeremy will follow along. Buddy system. So as... Let me just roll and see if... The Etten recognizes that someone's been munching on his lunch. Oh, jeez. Uh, but he has advantage on perception checks. Sue. So... Oh, wow. Drop a one to get an 11. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ouch. Not a high check. That's the, He's got two heads, so Eddins have uh, advantage on all perception checks. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, not a high check heads are more than one. to note that what was once a pristine uh, deer is now got some knife marks in it. And he was walking up carrying an armload of fresh sticks and branches. And as soon as he looks at the deer, he drops them and draws two weapons. Uh, a stone axe, like a big stone axe, and a big old club with some like air sticks sticking out of it. So like a root ball kind of thing. And it's it's looking around. And it's going to roll another perception. Uh, everyone roll some stealth. And we'll see, <laughs> see if you can successfully hide. Uh, let's, because everyone's hiding behind trees, let's give a plus two to all, to all across the board. And I'm going to roll perception. And I have to take care of four characters for all of this. So <laughs> I got a nine. <laughs> oh. 
uh, stealth for Andax, and stealth for Jeremy. Wow. Oh, yeah, because deck space. Of course, Jeremy's sneaky. Jeremy got a 19. Uh, v got the lowest by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Etten got a 14. So... Uh, it speed it spots of course the two tanks it spots andax and v which because they're x pros i would say that um andax would be with v and v is sticking close to susiana oh, okay and susiana would be sticking close to jacoba so, <laughs> <laughs> so and the green grass pros all around all right so since none of you were able to successfully hide from the etin except for Three of you, which, according to this map, uh, the people who successfully hit are actually separate from this little uh, buddy system going on over here. <laughs> <laughs> All of you roll initiative, and the three people who are in hiding can will get advantage on their first hit because you're sneaky. So let me roll initiative for this guy. Wow. It's okay that Etten still rolled worse than you, V. Yay! He's a, he's a big boy. He's not very quick. We are challenging that initiative roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Hamish? Oh, God. Okay. Initiative. Hamish is still eating. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I imagine when... Etten, totally oblivious to him. Uh, Jeremy, <clears throat> initiative. He's got to get a good initiative, right? He's quick. Yeah. He's quick. Mm. And he's not even at the top. Who am I missing? Andex? I need to roll for Andex. Mm -hmm. this, I'm, I'm, I'm managing four characters now. This is getting unwieldy for me. <laughs> Initiative. Oh, goddamn, Andex. Andex. Yeah. Okay. He's ready. Uh, let's sort descending. Uh, let's see. Let me just go over the thing. Andex, Jacoba, Jeremy, Liam, Susie, V, the Etten, and then last, Hamish. All right. Got everyone. Andex is going to do his damnedest to fuck this thing up. What's the distance here? 45? Oof. Oof, 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 oof. Yeah, we are standing real far. Okay. So, in that case, because it's so far, Andex is actually just going to, uh, he's going to move over one so he can be in a, in an axe line with V, and he's going to wait. He's going to pass his turn. Jacoba. Uh, see, that's a seven sixty-five. Let's say sixty-five. Yes. And Jacoba's hidden, and Susie's also behind the tree, oh. so she's also hidden. So your first, if you rolled a hit, your first is an advantage. After that, you're revealed, and you no longer have advantage. Well. Uh, fuck! I'm barely out of range for fairy fire. God damn it. Unless I'm still barely hidden right there, or probably uh, not. It probably be best if you didn't move because you're hiding behind the tree. In, yeah. in my mind, this is like a, in a action movie when you got that pistol to your chest and you're hiding behind cover. Um, and you turn, well. around, you turn around, <laughs> revealing yourself to point the gun. So, like the moment you leave cover from the tree, you're revealed. So it's really take that first shot, and then after that, it's normal combat for you. Speaking of, I need to. Um, ah, uh, shit. I really don't have anything. Can I hold my action? Can I hold my turn? 
Yes, you can hold action. Do I? So hold, hold action basically is you use your reaction to use an action in the future on trigger. So like when you get in range, like when the Etten takes its turn and it gets in like your 60 foot range for an attack, just say that when that happens, you shoot a fire bolt or whatever your attack is going to be. Yeah, you have to declare the action that you're preparing and a trigger for it. Yes. So I assume it's when it when it gets into range because the known people are, you know, kind of in the open here. Right, yeah. So when he gets within 60 feet, I'm going to do fairy fire on Alrighty. Jeremy, he's going to do exactly what I described just now. He's got his crossbow that you guys uh, very graciously bought for him. And he's going to turn around with advantage and roll a 16 to hit, which does hit, and deal 8 piercing damage. Are you ready to see how much this moves his health bar? Oh, God. There we go. Uh 8 hit points. Barely felt it. (laughs) But I'm proud of him. He actually dealt some damage with his brand new weapon. Our boy's growing up. Liam. Liam is within 60 feet of the Etten, which is a pretty standard for... There's a pretty standard minimum range for a lot of spells. It's like 30, 60, then 120, and and Ian is muted. Hey, look, turns out I'm muted. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm 60 feet. I, I don't think I want to do that at the moment. Do I want to do that? Um, how, um, where is that ruler? Where is that ruler? There it is. Yeah, they changed the ruler symbol a little while back. I was was getting used to it. 40 40 feet. I don't think I have 40 feet of movement because I am not a monk. I have 30 feet of movement. Okay. Who? I think Liam is just going to... He's going to give V a bardic inspiration for one. So within the next 10 minutes, you get a D4? A D6, I believe. D6. A D6 to spend on an attack roll, an ability check. An ability check or a saving throw. Yeah. So we could probably use it on an attack roll. Mm -hmm. Um, You can roll before deciding to use the bardic inspiration. But before it's declared a success or not. Yes before it's declared a success or not. Okay. Yes. Um, oh, geez. Alarm's going off again. Yeah, this time my wife got home, so now uh, a dog's barking. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I think he's just going to stick right there. All right. Well, Susiana is going to do something fairly similar, except she's going to use, because she's level five, she is a bard of, of the School of Glamour, the College of Glamour. She's going to use an ability called Mantle of Inspiration. As, oh, hey, I've got that. So as a bonus action, she's going to grant everyone, except for Jeremy and Hamish, because they're too far away, eight temporary HP, and as a reaction, they can spend their 
They can expend their full speed without any opportunity attacks. As a reaction. As a reaction. Yes. So if you're readying any actions, you can't then use your readied action. But uh, the Etten is not likely to get to you. Andex, mm -hmm. is, Andex is not going to move given the opportunity. But he is going to take that eight temporary hit points. Does that go in the blue bubble? Yeah, whichever one, however you want to track it. Okay. I put it in the blue. It works. And then this as is. her action, let's see. So consume Hi. one of her bardic inspiration. And let's see. Hmm. Let's look at this. What does this do? She's going to walk over to V oh. and cast Enhance Ability, which is... Did you just steal my spellbook? <laughs> <laughs> I built this bar today. <laughs> Uh, gain 2d6 or no, no not not the endurance I was going to go with the full strength advantage on strength checks and your carrying capacity doubles so does that mean advantage on attacks yes because yeah. an attack is a strength check no an attack is an attack no. strength checks are attack things like attack. grappling or strength saving throws or stuff like that uh, okay and she's so that was move 15, 15 back, so she's going to spend expend her whole movement to go up from behind the tree, uh, give V a chap on the shoulder, and then run back behind the tree. Stay in cover. V's turn. So she's going to give a smile and a thumbs up to Susiana, and then go 5, 10, 15, 25, 30, up to there and say, hey, ugly, over here, and toss one of her axes at him. The wiggly axe or just an axe? <sighs> yeah, you know what? She'll start with the wiggly axe. Okay. Well, roll so, a, first, roll a strength check for me at advantage. Woohoo. Probably should be uh, a dex check, but you have advantage on strength checks, so. Yeah. Um, How do I do a check again? Because I see the button for throw saves. Um, hmm. In the skill section, you should just have an unskilled strength check at the very, very bottom. Oh, yeah. Okay. 22. So for the wiggly axe, for this mm -hmm. attack, you're going to get mm -hmm. plus two to attack oh. and damage if you hit. Oh, okay. Because this is, you figured out the timing of the wiggly. So when you throw it, the arc of the wiggle moving forward is timed just right with the swing. And it gives you a little extra oomph. Little, I could use a little extra oomph. Okay, so here's the hand axe. 17? 17 hits, and it, that's another seven damage. And now your wiggly hand axe is just stuck in its, in its shoulder, wiggling away. <laughs> Um, okay. She's going to take her extra attack then and throw her other hand axe at it. Okay. This one's just a normal. Throw yeah. it. Oh. Nine does not hit. Okay. Mm. Goes wide. Whew. Okay, here we go, guys. I'm scared. 
the etin will, will go straight up to V and swing with both of its weapons. Dog. I'm gonna need homeboy to make a deck save real quick. Uh, absolutely. I'm gonna tell you now. Ooh, his decks. Oh, he probably didn't. Not uh, good. Eight. I'm pretty sure your DC is higher than zero, but probably also higher than eight. Uh, yes, it is very much higher than Cause, eight. Because DCs are eight plus your modifier plus your proficiency. And I know your proficiency is two, so even if you've got terrible, terrible modifier. Is there a section that says what your DC is? It's in the spellbook, yes. There's a whole table that spellbook. shows all of your DCs for all of your classes. And also ah. in the spell for the save section, you can. there's a drop down that allows you to pick which one. So you drop it down to your bard save and it'll automatically give it to you. So it fails. It has fairy fire on it now. And uh, let's see. I'll give it, hmm. What symbol should I give it? Ooh, how about this target? That seems appropriate, right? Advantage on all hits against it. It's now glowing. Yeah. What color is it, is it glowing? Um, what are the, are there options? I mean, it, there are options. Uh, it says blue, green, violet, but... Oh, uh, let's I, say violet. I say it can just be whatever you want. In fact, yeah, since he picked violet, boom, violet. That's what it's going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just just uh, <laughs> declare on the table. So, the Etten rolled with its stone axe and with its uh, clubby thing. The stone axe was 23 to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. For 12 damage. Okay. Uh, buy temporary hit points. <laughs> and the the clubby thing uh, critically fails. That'll so, miss. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and a flat d20. Or no, I saved for Andex. What did I save for the Etten? Not that it matters. Oh, would have been even worse. If I keep the die roll, the, the Etten has a minus one to Dex. Andex has his plus zero. Nice. <laughs> and X is more decks than the Etten. Well, that's the Etten's turn. It swings a couple times pretty hard. It seems like those temporary hit points have already put in some work. Mm -hmm. Hamish? Hamish is... Um, the Etten's close back to the fire now. Okay, so Hamish is going to control step out from behind the tree <laughs> and cast Control Flames and expand the fire into the Etten's back. Perfect. All right. What what roles are associated with that? Uh, good question. Is there a, an attack roll for that? Uh, you instantaneously expand the flame five feet in one direction, provided that wood or other fuel is present in the new location. Um, so essentially it just sets that square on fire. Okay. Does it have a damage associated <laughs> with that? Well, we could use... It doesn't. <laughs> well, let's use Firebolt. That's a D10. Or we could use um, the same as Create Bonfire, which actually does have a damage Okay, thing. yeah, that does make sense, because it, it is a bonfire. You're just scooting the bonfire. So over. it has to succeed on a deck saving throw or take a D8 fire damage. Uh, well, I'll tell you right now, that's not going to happen. <laughs> 13? I mean, that's not bad. What's your DC? I would think it's higher than 13. Uh, yeah, it's, what is it, 8 plus proficiency bonus plus something? Plus modifier. So, since modifier. you're a sorcerer, it's your charisma modifier, plus 2 proficiency plus 8. 
So okay, so minimum of ten for your level. That's gonna be that's gonna be thirteen. Uh, so it meets. Yeah. Damn. So it, it notices the bright light and scoots like. Ooh. It gets <laughs> it gets slightly warm. Yeah, yeah. Which is quite nice, as far as it's concerned. All right, back to the top of the initiative order. Andex. We are now within range. Andex is going to use two abilities right off the bat. He's going to use his fighter uh, archetype ability. Uh, let me go over to that. He is going to use fighting spirit because he is a samurai. So he gains five temporary hit points and then gains advantage at all attacks this turn. However, five temporary hit points is less than the eight he gained from Susie. So the hit temporary hit points aren't worth it. But advantage on attacks. That's going to be very useful. That's important because he's going to use his feet Great Axe Master, which says that he's going to take a minus five to hit for a plus 10 to damage. And he rolls a three. All my test rolls showed him rolling really well. And he rolls an eight, actually, with advantage. Ugh, but that would have been 18 damage. <laughs> would have been pretty great. Would have been pretty great, but he totally biffed the roll. Uh, I, he tried. I think he might be a little intimidated. That's a great axe. So he, he walks up and he takes his huge two-handed battle axe and he goes for a swing, but uh, I think he misjudges the length of the axe and comes a little short. But now it is Jacoba's turn. It is Jacoba's turn. Um... Uh, uh, Don't we already now, have advantage? Oh, sorry. Yeah, we had advantage because of the fairy fire. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. An eight probably isn't going to hit. It did not hit, no. He had advantage because of his samurai ability that he used, but I forgot about the fairy fire. Fucking mouse, come on. <laughs> you uh, are 50 feet. Jacoba's gonna hop up here real quick, and... Um... Really don't have any attack spells. Kind of idiot doesn't pick an attack spell. Goddamn. Uh, oh, <laughs> I have vicious mockery. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm gonna make fun of him. Uh, uh, well, I'm gonna tell you his wisdom not very good. Cause the wisdom safe, right? Uh, mm -hmm. It should be. Yes. I'm gonna call him a stupid idiot. Well, he takes great offense at that because he rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> And he takes, ooh, critical psychic damage, which is four. <laughs> but the important part is that he gets advantage on his hits until Jacoba's next turn. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. And is that, that is very much a problem. And is that it? Um, if you want to, but I think you're in a good spot. I'm gonna do a little healing word on V, because she got hit. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You seriously got hit by that idiot? <laughs> Similarly, Jeremy. Great. Uh, hmm, there's a range on that. Yeah, Jeremy's gonna have to get a little closer, but not by much. Don't worry. Not too close, Jeremy. O only ten feet. It's fine. His range is thirty feet. For his uh, oh jeez, hate when the ship bugs out. Okay, for his warlord ability, battle command. He's going to tell V to use her reaction to smack him again. So. Will do, J-Bones. <laughs> 15? Oh. It's, we have advantage. Yeah, fair That's fire. right. Eight damage, yes. 
Let me consume a battle command and then let me, let me see. Roll a, each command issue uh, grants a bonus die, which is a D4. Oh no, it's just like an inspiration die. doesn't matter, you're good. You hit, you deal eight damage. Yay. Oh, I'm, I wonder I'm not selecting because I'm on the ruler. <laughs> there we go, eight damage. And that's Jeremy's turn. He's going to hang back because that's a smart thing to do. It is now Liam's turn. It is now Liam's turn. Um, He's already been mocked. So that's not useful. Giant. Hmm. Oh, there it is. Um, <clears throat> wait. <clears throat> oh, hmm. I was gonna save. Yes, um, Liam is going to look at him, um, and in a slightly off voice from his normal one, uh, he's going to suggest that. The Eton accidentally throw his stone axe behind him. Um, let's see. Unfortunately, that fails. The he failed or I failed? Yeah, you failed. The Eton doesn't okay. understand you. It does not speak common. Ah, boss. It speaks giant and only giant. Oh. Where's comics in language? <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah, so unless you say it in giant, which I don't think anyone speaks giant. <laughs> um, actually, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't think she does. <laughs> I mean, she's pretty tall. Just wait, Susiana whips out some, some of her fluent giant. That's not the case, she's not doing that. <laughs> oh. Disappointment. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, apparently Liam knows Orcish. Uh, that's that's interesting because V doesn't. Uh, I'm not sure if there's like many good story reasons why anyone would know Orcish. Um, uh, traveling circus performer. Are you performing for orcs? I don't know. <laughs> we may have had to go through their their territory before. Uh, um. Yeah. Well, with that out of the way, Liam is just going to be slightly upset. Susie. For burning a second level spell. Susie is going to poke her head out and cast her one and only offensive spell, Firebolt. Holy oh, shit, my. she crits. <laughs> oh, she crits both. Go, Susie. Good God. She crits her. You go, girl. She crits one of her damage die because she's level five, so her cantrip is leveled up, and she gets some crit damage. So she deals 19 damage, which is the most damage anyone's done so far in one hit. She's in love. Like, if she wasn't before, she is now. <laughs> yeah, so she does her her incantation, and waves her hands around, shoots a firebolt with a finger gun, and it smacks the Etten right in the face, and it roars. And she does that, blows off her finger thing. It's very suave. <laughs> It is now V's turn. Does she? Uh, okay. Does she miss a turn for being so smitten? No, <laughs> but there's a definite like hard eye look back at like 
And she might call out to Hamish. That's how you hit something with a firebolt. Well, also, Jacoba's in that direction. <laughs> but I don't think Jacoba has firebolts. <laughs> uh, no, the only offensive spells I have are Shatter and Thunderwave. Ooh. Yeah. And Vicious Mockery. <laughs> yeah, neither are good. And also, Firebolt. Because I'm a fool. Also, Firebolt is not a bard spell, it's a wizard spell. But Susiana's a high elf, so she gets a free wizard cantrip. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two questions. Was the plan to knock the end out then? tie it up or like try to tie it up ASAP. I believe it was knock, knock it unconscious. Yeah. Okay. Try your best. <laughs> yeah. Because unconscious things tend to fight back less than conscious things. Yeah. Okay. Well, then she's just going to hit it a couple of times, I think. Yeah, go for uh, it. 17 for the first one. That, that hits. Oh, wait. Uh, isn't there a save for fairy fire? I think I forgot to save for fairy fire on its turn. I don't think there is. I don't think so. Um, it's concentration, I think. Yeah, it is concentration. Yep. Nope. There's no safe for the duration. Objects and affected creatures shed dim yeah. light within ten foot radius. Yeah, it's uh, so it's uh, so it's there until I get hit and lose concentration or cast a different concentration spell. Yeah, it's safe. Mm-hmm. It's safe to avoid the effect in the first place, but once it's on, it's on. Yep. Yeah. Also, uh, apparently the fire um, behind the Eden is also glowing because it would have been in the radius, I think. Sure, I'll I'll give the fire. It's now purple. I'll I'll give the fire the the markers. The purple on the target. You don't have advantage on attacks against the fire. Cool. That's right, we do. (laughs) So yeah, 17 to 19 hit. You deal 8 and 7 damage. Yep. Ow, it's hurting. Yeah, I believe that's all I can do. And he's pissed. Uh, actually, I'd like to pop my action surge. Oh, jeez. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Another couple hits at advantage. 22 definitely hits. And 10 does not hit. But uh, the Bardic Inspiration. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I know the result, but. I mean, you could roll. Yeah. Five? Yeah. 50. That'll make a hit. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. I was going to say, Ken didn't really give us much opportunity to say. Because I forgot about the inspira- product inspiration. Yeah. So did I. Minus nine. That's why I said something as soon as I saw the roll. Minus nine. <laughs> it is on the cusp of, oh. of going down. Oh, I don't have the anything. Hamish is going to get all the glory. No. <laughs> <laughs> or well, Hamish has to hit him first. Mm-hmm. Wait, did we skip Jeremy's turn? No, we didn't. It was at the beginning of the order. I lied. Yeah, he's pretty high up there. He's right after Jacoba. Yeah. And he, yeah, he made V attack. So yeah, that's true. It is the Etten's turn, and it rolls with disadvantage an eleven and an eleven. Uh, those will both miss. Uh, well, he's all fucked up. <laughs> Are you gonna bring it home, or is Andex gonna bring it home? No, Hamish is gonna. Oh, try not to kill it, aren't we? Yeah, and yes. non-lethal. And I don't... Can you do non-lethal damage with spells? I have no idea. Hold on. I don't think you can. I think it has to be like a... I think it has to be like a physical attack. Yeah. All right. We could do that. Probably not. I'm not sure I can... Attacker I can reach him. A creature to zero hit points with a melee attack may choose to knock them out instead. So it, has, yeah. so it has to be okay. a melee attack, no crossbows, no spells. 
So Hamish is gonna um, like wipe the grease off his shirt as he like walks up to this Eton. <laughs> and he's gonna take out his light hammer. He's gonna use the bone that he was eating off of. And he's gonna punk him with a piton. <laughs> and and he's gonna like try and crack this Eton across the knee with his light hammer. And successfully knocks it unconscious. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Walsh is up there. Thunk. Like this thing go. is staggering. Hamish just like walks up, looks up, just kicks it in the shin and it falls over. Knocks himself out on one of the rocks for the bonfire. <laughs> so you are now out of combat and you've successfully knocked out this Etten. Yeah, he's gonna just casually reach over and cut off another hunk of <laughs> back to Jeremy. He's handing one to Jeremy, or is no? He's just strolling back to Jeremy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like as if this, as if that was just like you know a casual thing. Yeah, it was Walk all the up, way to in it, and he was just on the way to get some meat. <laughs> um, so I just remembered something. Yeah. Um. We did we do we actually say that we got the cart with the ox? We discussed it. I assume you did. Okay. Like, because I, I just wanted to fast forward through like areas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So we should at some point figure out how that got paid for. So someone needs to drop fifty gold, and then hopefully it survives the trip back. Uh, fifty gold. Yeah. It's five for the rental and a fifty gold mm -hmm. security deposit. Oh, God. Because that's like the price of the cart. So if the cart gets destroyed, yeah. you're basically buying the cart. You break it, you buy it. And you have to yeah. pay that up front. But if you... It, so it's a total of 55 gold. So if you bring it back in good working condition and unharmed, then you get your 50 gold back and you paid five for a rental of the of the oxen cart. Am I imagining things or did we have a discussion about how Hamish needed to put the security deposit down because the likelihood was that he would set it on fire? That does ring a bell. That seems yes. possible. Yeah, okay. Hamish will put down the deposit then. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> yeah, put put him on the hook. He'll have grumbled about it and then gone, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And then handed the guy Jacoba's wallet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> free market. Yep, the free market. So free market, <laughs> so free market is, yeah, and... exactly. Alright, soon. Uh, as soon as the Etten goes unconscious, uh, Cece's gonna walk right up to the deer and like cut a big old chunk off and start munching on it. And Andax is going to uh, try and help tie up the Etten with some rope. Mm. Uh, v is gonna join Susie at the deer, grab like a chunk, and say, "That was some nice shooting out there." And like it, as as V says that as she's like taking a big old bite and she does that thing where she tries to move the food around and puts a, a mouth or a, her hand over her mouth and go, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, she'll just like eat in silence next to her. And uh, Jeremy's going to try and help tie up this Etten and Endax is going to look over to V and be like, um, can you help with this, please? Mm. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. And she'll come help tie up the Etten, I guess. Okay. With a Hamish wink at Susiana, she walks away. Hamish will wander over and he'll be like, So, uh, once we get this giant thing out of the way, when do we fight the Aten? <laughs> oh, we just did. Uh, what do you think an Aten is, Hamish? Uh, well, I imagined that an Aten was 
some sort of half-chewed creature because it's been eaten by someone. <laughs> that logic is pretty flawless. <laughs> and, and Jeremy does along. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> and and Andex, who's unfamiliar with this panther, looks over to Hamish and then back to Jeremy and goes, "What? No, it's a giant." Uh, no, 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 no. Just let them. And like, she's just gonna be like, "Don't, bro, don't do." Just dude, spot, don't. smile and nod. <laughs> and just go along with everything. And and it is not worth it. And, and, and Susie's just smirking, like she gets it. This <laughs> is <It's> just silly. <laughs> it's a good show. Okay, so everyone who is helping try and tie up the Etten, this is going to be really hard. This is going to be a collective DC of forty. Okay. So everyone collectively needs to roll unskilled strength checks. I still um, get advantage, right? You, v does, yes. No one else does, though. Um, I am going to cast Enhance Ability on oh our God. other tank in hopes that he also rolls well. All right. Uh, let's see. 15. And he is getting... He's trying to juggle strength. the hunk of... Yeah, 15, 30. 15. And then with Jeremy, that's 45 or 41. Or no. Yes, 41. So we don't need to roll anymore. It, it takes... It takes a village <laughs> to move the setting around. But while it's unconscious, you manage to sit it up and then tie it together just with lots of rope. Just all of the rope that you can possibly manage. And and in that same check, after you tie it all up, you manage to heave it onto the ox cart. And the ox cart creaks loudly, like concerningly so. <laughs> but you manage to get it on the ox cart. Mm. So, now the tricky part unfortunately is it is going to wake up in 1d4 yeah that's the thing right so mm -hmm. let me roll the first thing one hour uh the first time he knocks it out not terribly good so as soon as it wakes up it's gonna get to make a strength check to try and escape the ropes now I'm not sure what the DC of this should be. Um, let's see. Let's see. It says it's a DC 17 strength check to break it. Now that's for one length of rope. This was many lengths of rope. So let's call this a pretty high DC of say like, uh, let's call this 23 DC which is, it's not likely to escape, but let's see. Nope. So it wakes up after just one hour of travel and it starts to struggle, moving around. With a 17, it does pretty good. And so the ox cart, even if it doesn't escape, it thrashes around. This cart was not meant for hauling a huge monster like this. So let's say, who would be watching I... over the Etten over travel? Because I want to know if you can successfully knock it out while it's incapacitated before it starts to damage this cart. I mean, I imagine it'd be either V or Andax, right? Yeah, I'd imagine probably both while mm -hmm. everyone else is trying to make I feel it. like they're just like walking behind the cart, just kind of eyeing the Etten. Yeah, 
watching. I don't know. I kind of pictured V actually sitting on the edge of the cart, like feet, like feet dangling beside the mm -hmm. end's head or something. Like ready to go. Yeah. Okay. So, can I cast enhance ability on the cart and give it Fair's endurance? No, but you could cast it on the ox to make sure it doesn't get tired, because that's another concern. Uh, it. I mean, ox are really fucking strong. They are, yes. But you, right. you have oh, like a day of travel with marching, and this is an, a mm -hmm. loaded up ox cart. This is going to be a good right. two, two and a half days. Hmm. Um. For the record, enhanceability only lasts an hour, so it's not that useful. Yeah. So we just gotta my we just gotta make sure it. We just gotta go with the access space. And you certainly do. So after the first hour, let's have V roll it to hit. Like roll an attack okay. at advantage. If you roll like let's say a 15 or above, which shouldn't be too difficult at advantage, then you manage to knock it out before it does any damage. Yeah, 21. So absolutely, the moment it wakes up and starts to shift around a little bit, V sees it and just bonk, knocks it right on the head. She's like, quiet, you whack. So I know in real life, knocking something unconscious is very, very bad. <laughs> but this, but this is fantasy. This is D&D movie magic. This works like action movies, where if you just bonk them on the head, they go to sleepy time with no consequences for a little while. So good God, another one. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. we're not that worried about the consequences of his mental health. Yeah, I can tell you V's not worried about the consequences of anybody's mental health. <laughs> and yeah, well, see, the problem is, like, he's probably got a concussion. And so if we knock him out, he could die. He was alive when we got him. That was. That was <laughs> yeah, he was alive when we put him in the cart. Yeah, but I think it's alive on delivery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let's. Hmm. So instead of rolling for every single hour of this. Yeah, I was about to say. Also, we're talking about knocking him out 24, uh, 24 times in the span of 24 hours. Can't seem like a good idea. Yeah. Can't be good. So let's just roll some general checks here. I'm going to roll a couple. Oh, wait. Eh, as I was say, would I be able to use like a bardic inspiration on the ox to keep him going? Uh, sure. Why not? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I, I think in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it'll help much. But yeah, I'm gonna do a couple quick checks for the Etten. Um, not great on that front. And then, uh, well, we can say like we can say for like the bardic inspiration thing that like. Liam would be up with the ox, keeping him company, and yeah, keeping it happy, and, and with, mm -hmm. with uh, with uh, with having company. So the I rolled a couple checks just now. More generally, I rolled a couple stealth checks just to see how sneaky he is, particularly when you rest for the night, and a couple strength checks to see how much fight he's got in him. So the stealth checks were, as you can imagine, not terribly good. Rolled in a seven and a twelve. So. I think it's pretty safe to say that so long as you have like a shift rest rotation, you can keep an eye on, on him at all times and he's not gonna like sneakily like break out of the ropes. And the string checks are also not good. It was a 15 and then a critical fail. He has lost all of the fight in him. So I would say by waking up on the second day, it's like a two and a half day journey. 
he's conscious for the ride, but he's not fighting anymore. He just looks kind of beaten. He's, he's just Stockholm's gonna Stockholm syndrome's gonna set in by the time we get there. We're gonna untie him. <laughs> gonna demand that he's gonna give everyone a big hug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's not the case. He really crying. He is. Yeah, he looks very defeated and sad. So he's just laying in the cart, not struggling as soon as he wakes up for probably, I want to say, like the fifth or sixth time after V has bonked him on the head. And especially <laughs> especially overnight, his his night attempts to escape have failed. And he's lost his weapons, which I assume were left behind because it was a root ball and a stone axe. <laughs> so I don't think anyone mm-hmm. wants those. Nope. So mm-hmm. well, Wait, a stone axe, you say? <laughs> but it's giant-sized, so this would be bigger than a great axe for you. And also, it's stone, so it wouldn't even be very good, even if you wielded it. So. Okay, I'm just going to say she will eyeball it before deciding to leave it behind. Yeah, she sure. walks by with spray bottle. No. <laughs> <laughs> she considers, like, the practicalities of carrying around something yeah. that weighs a good 50 pounds or more. It's like nothing. She thinks of how cool that stone axe would have looked with a snake statue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can carry it on the cart, but yeah, that's not practical to just yeah. go around. Um, and one thing I did want to say, like, while V's riding on the side of the cart, just like periodically bonking this thing on the head, she'd be trying to make conversation with Susiana. Um, just like, so tell me about your travels and like, what's your favorite spot to visit and blah, 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 blah. Uh, well, first, let's roll a persuasion check. Just like, get to know you, stuff. Persuasion. It's not one of the better ones. Well, no. Okay, fine. So, I mean, if low in this instance, a persuade a low persuasion check just means that this is more of a friendly friend talk rather than a hey baby what's up kind of talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You just got friend zone. No, no. No. It's just this talk is just V respecting her as a person and genuinely wanting to know who she is and not exactly and not trying to pry into her personal life to find things to you know romance her about <laughs> it's it's the get to know you stuff yeah 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 it's like this is generally generally you know small talk about being friends and she she tells v in some detail about how she's a traveling bard and you know she and jacoba spent a long time in uh brightport just you know, being really successful bards. They were in a band and made a lot of money. And she's pretty well known in a lot of the big town areas, actually. So she's a little less well known in the Fairbay area, but she's fixing that. She's got a full time gig at the Honorable Pillow. So V knows that now. <laughs> so yeah, she does she tends she does like breakfasts and dinners and sometimes lunches depending on the day where she just plays music for the breakfast and dinner crowd and they yeah, yeah, what she, are she the makes pretty good money. What are the chances that they would have passed through Dern Hollow while V was there? Uh, very. I mean, technically, because V grew up there, it's possible. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm trying to think. Yeah, very, very low because they didn't travel. Very okay. much. they stayed in. They, they stayed in Brightport for most of their careers. So, okay. So it's possible that Susiana may have passed through there at some point while V was living there, but she wasn't like making a name for herself in that area. Okay. She's more of a big city pop music kind of person. Mm-hmm. And so she's not making a make she's not making a name for herself in Fairbay. And she's doing quite well for herself so far, according to her. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Very cool. 
in due time, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the time. This is not the time for pickup lines. But no. I absolutely, before long, want to hear pickup lines. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, V. I got, you. I got a resource for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh just just filter top of all time so and the whole oh. time that V's chatting up Susie uh, Andax is pretty much keeping to himself staying quiet you know keeping an eye out for things but unless someone like initiates conversation with him he's not gonna talk much uh, yeah no V is busy He's busy wooing. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, actually, now that I think about it, I think Jeremy would probably strike up a conversation with Andex. And <laughs> because, because Jeremy looks at the group and sees how most people are chit-chatting and generally being companionable, and Andex is over by himself, not talking to anybody. So, uh, unless anyone else joins in as soon as Jeremy strikes up a, a conversation, which it's important to note that Andex does not know about Jeremy, I think. And because, you know, Jeremy's wearing his mask and gloves the whole time. So Jeremy's just chatting. And so if anyone wants to eavesdrop in, one of the first questions Andex asks is about his mask. And Jeremy gives some, probably some pre-prepared statement about how it's like some cultural thing and stuff like that. And he just makes small talk. Well, I think Jacoba would be hanging around Andex since he... Like recruited him to the adventure. All right, so so you would definitely hear this conversation between Jeremy and Andex, and in that case, uh, Jeremy would ask about where he came from, what does he do, how long has he been doing this mercenary thing, and Andex will say that like, oh, he's been doing this for years. He was brought up by warriors in the Dragonborn culture, and all of that, and so he's he was like born to be a warrior, and he came to Fairbay because you know he. You know, he didn't want to be stuck up in those mountains the whole time. He wanted to see the world. And, you know, sometimes it's exciting. Sometimes it's simple. And this was probably one of the more exciting ones. <laughs> fucking pickup lines. So, <laughs> yeah. So Andex, like, gives that, you know, gives a rundown of his backstory, so to speak, about how, you know, he was a dragonborn, grew up in dragonborn society, decided to go be a merc traveling the world. And a dog is barking. <laughs> oh, for once, not mine. What? Nope. I heard that. Where was that coming from? Definitely wasn't me because I have a cat. Well, unless the little one right here gave a little woof that I missed. Nope. It was like, bark, 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 bark. No. Nope. And then you went silent. Nope. nope. That's not me. The car's over there snoring. So. <laughs> You're hearing phantom dogs. Maybe they're on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, You're haunted by dog ghosts. So. Yeah. So unless Jacoba wants to ask any specific questions, hey, uh, that's more or less what J Jeremy wants. Just say, you know, hey, yeah. t tell me about yourself and, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, I thought Dragonborns were stuck up in their uh, clan unless they had something wrong with them. Oh, I mean, that's definitely why most of them leave, but most of them choose to stay up there. They can go whenever they want. Most of them want to stick with the clan and help the family and stuff, but I felt kind of cooped up in there, you know? I, I feel that. <laughs> So I Not, yeah, yeah. I, I only recently ended up in Fairbay for like the last, I don't know, year or so. Wanted to see what the small farm was like. Everyone said it was nice, and it is, but honestly, it's a little boring. I like to see more action, you know? 
but I also don't want to get too mixed up in like the crime stuff happening over in in Brightport. So who knows? Maybe next I'll make my way over to Overdale. But you know, there's I don't think they're still too friendly to my folk. But eh, I can take it. Well, if you ever need adventure, a DNR always has something going on. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of surprised to get requests from you guys specifically. I thought you guys just did like investigations and stuff. I didn't think you did like this hunting thing. Honestly, this was kind of a last minute deal. Like yesterday morning, we got this uh, letter thing shoved under the door. And it... does Liam have the letter or do we? Who has the letter thing? Uh, I believe Liam does have the letter. Yeah, I would assume someone does. <laughs> and he'll just like, like start half explaining, then like look back at Liam and say, "Hey, do you do you have that letter thing that we got still?" Um, I uh, maybe hold on, and he's gonna start like patting himself down. Um, and we actually get to use one of the new ADD rules. Uh, yes. I need to remember where the hell those were. <laughs> I think it might be in our. Uh, hold on. Yeah, because you need to do, roll do, do. Hey, look at that. Turns out Liam does have the letter on him. Okay. So he's going to like pat himself down and be like, it's in one of these pockets somewhere. And then um, I had like about that. We need to roll to see if you remember to take a thing with you. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. So um, and then like one of the pockets out of his pack, he's going to be like, well, why the fuck was in there? Well, anyway, here it is. Uh, it's kind of hard to read. And DM, you are going to have to send the text to uh, CJ so Jacoba can read it. Oh, I thought he was just going to give it to Andex. I thought you were saying I was going yeah. to send it to the NPC. Oh. <laughs> yeah, send it to the NPC. <laughs> send it to yourself. Yeah, hold on. Let me pull up the, the notes for last session. Session number 16. Yeah, there it is. And I'll just post it in the Roll20 general chat so that everyone can be reminded about how bizarre and awful to read this letter is. Oh, yes. <laughs> so it's important to note that this letter is written like in chicken scratch. It's all capital letters. It's all the letters are uneven and hard to read. And the grammar is bizarre. Like a five year old wrote it. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Yeah. They're like short, choppy sentences, a lot of repeated subjects in every sentence. It's very odd. <laughs> so does Chicago oh, and apparently this, this creature, this creature is either an Eden or a large giant with two heads. Oh, oh, I, I meant to write. It's a large giant with two heads. I like the or a large giant with two heads. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a typo on my part, despite the mm -hmm. horribleness of the letter. <laughs> Maybe that's where Hamish got it from. I said an Itten or a large giant with two heads. <laughs> so the letter differentiated, and they found a large giant with two heads. Yeah. So it couldn't yeah. have been the Itten. <laughs> no. No, you would just give the letter to Andex to read. All right, yeah. And Andex looks over it, and he like nods his head a bit knowingly. He says, yeah, you see this sometimes. The clients want a little anonymity, so they try to hide their, their handwriting with this. The grammar is a little weird, but... You know, people do weird stuff to try and not be caught. It's a little weird they want to meet up. Probably. Yeah, Liam signs things. <laughs> like, yeah, they probably don't want to meet in person. The the person or people you're going to meet will be uh, like intermediaries or representatives. Almost certainly you're not giving it to the person who wrote this. Yeah, I figure as much. Yeah, you see this sometimes. 
It's a little weird, but hey, the money's good. The money's good. And it'll hand back the letter. Uh, hand back the letter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, unless there's any follow-up to that particular conversation, we can fast forward because eventually you've broken the spirit of the Etten. Mm. <laughs> Hell yeah, we did. <laughs> so you can eventually make your way. It takes you a good two and a half days to go to the east side of Fair Bay. And okay, it still works. They changed the map, the way the map works. So it's a little weird. All the buttons still work. It just feels different. I think they changed it to a different background code of some kind. But in any case, you make it all the way over there and waiting. So to visualize, there's a there's a main road that's, you know, like a dirt dirt road that runs all the way between the main towns. It's not like paved or cobblestone or anything because that's really expensive. And, you know, in this kind of setting, there's not enough resources to do that kind of thing. So it's all dirt roads. And a little ways east of Fairbay, you see a small sh humanoid shape. Could be a... God damn it. Proximity alert! Proximity alert! Warning! Warning! The warning! Dog has gotten into the habit of just barking at the stairs for some reason. <laughs> I think she, like, sees a shadow or sees her reflection, which she barks at her reflection. I don't know why. She just barks down the stairs towards the front door and there's no one there. There's never anything there. She just barks at it. Drives me crazy. <sighs> That's a good one, Amy. <laughs> Thanks, I thought so. <laughs> it's not world appropriate, but that's good. <laughs> so many of these are good, but they are not world appropriate. <laughs> oh, I know. We're looking at pickup lines and this one's pretty mm -hmm. good. Did it hurt when you fell from the vending machine? Because you look like a snack. There was, uh, I gotta go find it again. There was one I was just looking at that I'm like, ah, oh, that one's really good. I had a friend in college who would just go up to a girl at a bar and simply say, Bond, James Bond. And the number of times that fucker scored with that line <laughs> is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, are you a van? Because I don't want to put my children in you. Uh. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like. You don't like. <sighs> okay. Um... <laughs> Hold on a second. Okay, one more pickup line and then we're rewinding back. <laughs> no, um, there's a special guest here. How's it going? Hey, it's Jay. Hey. Hey. Everybody's saying hello. Oh. Is it come with snacks? <laughs> um, Are you guys girls? in dungeons? Hold on, I, I can't. We're not in dungeons and neither are there dragons. So if you think that last one was bad, I'm not even going to say this one out loud. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, well, I saw one. Give me a second. That was real. Oh, I'm not no. going to say out loud either. It's for but... the best. This exists nowhere on the recording. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, okay. I don't it's for want our own safety. You know what? I, I was thinking I would just cut this, but this is lasting long enough. This will just be in the behind the scenes and everyone who's listening to the behind the scenes is just going to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Okay, this is like the fourth highest rated one on that, that Reddit that Ian sent me. Oh, wait, it's supposed to start. Okay, wait, I missed a part. 
That's the beginning. That's a that is, so yeah yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> in what world is that a pickup line? That's just a pun. <laughs> Well, it's not even a pun. It's just a random joke, but that's it's good. Fuck. But <laughs> oh god, it's terrible. But that's not a pickup line. Um, I mean, I it could be no. <laughs> standards standards don't run very high in bars sometimes. Yeah. All right, are we ready to rewind back to Dirt Road? Yes. Okay. Don't worry, just stop barking. So right. it was literally the worst today. <laughs> God damn it, Jay. <laughs> can he hear us? Does he know the moment I'm saying, like, okay. <laughs> okay, let's go back. Okay, so, so he has a sixth sense for when I'm about to say something and he just has to come in and say anything and it's funny. <laughs> Uh, okay perfect all right rewinding rewinding okay so visualize the roads going between the major cities are all dirt roads and the the road going east out of fairbury where you told the meet is no different and along the roads fairly close but it's still several miles outside of fairbury there's some fairly large rocks near the road and sitting on top of one of them is a small like cloaked figure humanoid could be like a a gnome or a halfling maybe considering the clandestine nature of this whole thing it's pretty safe to assume that this mysterious hooded figure is your person you need to be meeting with approaching this this figure it does not move much it it uh the, the hood turns towards you a little bit and cocks his head but doesn't say anything and everyone can roll a perception check for me actually i'm gonna roll for everybody too hey god, god damn v's all over hey. it jeremy's not seeing shit uh, oh my god v actually has one of the highest that never happens uh susie's right there with you though so is your hell yeah she is and then perception for Andex. Uh, Andex isn't great. Susie Hamish. Wow. <laughs> so, 17 Hamish, 19 Jacoba, 19 B, and 18 Susie. So, A Andex, Liam, and Jeremy don't notice, but the rest of you notice that uh, there's little snout visible from under the. Is this the Rat King? Nah, the last time you saw the rat came, he was kind of like hunched over, had a hunchback. It would be pretty okay. obvious if it was him. Okay. Is it a rat? <laughs> no. In fact, with your 19 perception check, you see some scales on there. Uh oh. So, not a rat. Uh, in fact, what creatures were east of Fairbay? Kobolds, perhaps? Kobolds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely one of them. So one of those cobalts specifically, or just like a cobalt? You only see one, but he's sitting on top of a fairly large rock, and you don't know what's behind that. <laughs> so if he's just going to let a big sigh. We have a drow with shatter. More cobalts. More cobalts. Jacoba <laughs> um, will go up to it. No one else will. All right. Uh, it will not speak until you speak. I assume, <laughs> I, I assume that you uh, understand. 
and it nods. English. Yeah. Okay. English. Common. Common. English. Sure. That's the word. Yeah. What's English? Exactly. <laughs> the fuck you talking about? It's like Spanglish, but different. <laughs> it's the same, but different. Are you Kajakova? Uh, Kajakova? <laughs> I'm having a stroke. You're soon to call the guy and Kobe I'm going to assume that you understand common and that you're the one here to pick up the uh, large two-headed giant. I can hear Jay. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm thinking I have to move to a different room. <laughs> so when when he That's says okay. uh, we have your large two headed giant Hamish will pipe up <laughs> to the background like, yeah. and say, but we couldn't find the Aten. <sighs> Questions all her life choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so with, with that, the figure will stand up and lean forward a little bit on his rock to take a look at the at the Aten in question and. It will reach out from under its robe and pull out a large bag. Jacobo will take it. Start counting. And the the kobold will make a weird noise of some kind, half whistle, half growl, that uh, my human voice could not produce. <laughs> but but it's some sort of kobold call. And as soon as it makes that noise, about two dozen kobolds come crawling out from under the rocks, and they all go up to the Etten and together they heave ho and pick it up off the cart and start to carry it away and they don't carry it away very far before the cloaked one reaches into its robe and pulls out a wand and then it puts the wand to the head of the Etten and then they start to untie it I've got a bad feeling about this guys yeah, it's not even over to Liam. <laughs> it's like, we, we told Umber about the kobolds, right? Yes, we did. Okay. Um, um, so that wand, is there any sort of way that Liam could check to see what kind of magic is coming out of that wand? Absolutely. You can roll an arcana check. To That's what I was hoping for. Uh, 11, not good. Uh, I think Jeremy's going to join you on that. Seven. Hamish, definitely. Even roll. better. 16. Ah, there we go. We're getting better at that. And in fact, I'm going to have Susie check, too. Uh, Andex doesn't know shit about magic. He's not even going to try. Oh, yeah, V doesn't either. Yeah. Susie, 12. Eh, she knows some stuff about Arcana, but eh, she's not entirely sure. Hamish is the only one who has any sense, and it's really up to him if he shares any of this with anyone, as usual. So the magic coming out of the wand is some sort of mental magic. Not quite, like, suggest because that's just like a dominance kind of thing, but this is more of closer to like a message kind of spell communication, but way higher level than that. Because message is a cantrip, hmm. I think. Yes. And then there's yes. sending, which is like that, but longer range at second level, I think. Maybe yes. I don't remember which. Uh, there is no limit on the range of sending. Okay, so sending at second level is like the highest level communication spell, really. So mm -hmm. this is probably closer to like fourth or fifth level, some sort of communication magic going on. So Hamish realizing this is going to say, oh, oh, if you're talking to him, can you ask him for his recipe? Because that venice is delicious. <laughs> and uh, the, the one wielding the wand uh, ignores Hamish's request. Oh, I get the feeling that this is, not, this is going to end up being bad later. 
Hamish has taken out his notebook and is is standing there waiting expectantly for the recipe to be recited. Uh, so if people are just going to hang out and wait for a bit, the the wand touching to the head lasts maybe five seconds, and then, mm-hmm. and then all of the kobolds start, kobolds start to untie the etin. And then if no one reacts to the untying, the etin will stand up a little woozy. Uh, one of the kobolds will hand it a healing potion, and all of them will just wander off east. The column is still, uh... still on the horizon, by the way. Well, we just made their guard a lot tougher yeah but i mean they were more or less like if you leave us alone we'll leave you alone um presumably also we didn't get paid did we get paid yeah you did okay uh i may or may not have been half paying attention because um is terrible at being quiet yes the, the hooded kobolds <laughs> pulled a huge bag of gold out of its cloak okay so you were paid exactly as promised and mm-hmm. then they all wandered off and even healed the Eton. Uh, but when you guys... And as they ride off, as Hamish will call out, What? No recipe? And then he'll sort of lower his voice <laughs> and be like, Oh, well, I understand. Every cook needs to keep their secrets. So and he'll put his book away. Um, so V will look at Liam after he says that, like, they're going to leave us alone. And just, you know, Overwatch was going to leave everybody alone too until they didn't. Yeah. Uh, and Andax is gonna look at them and be like, "Yeah, you you believe them when they said that." And, and one important note. Well, actually, let me roll to see how much Susiana knows about kobolds, because I, I mean, we had murdered their king once before. Yes. And then he came back. <laughs> uh, not very good. But thirteen is enough for Susiana to know that uh, kobolds are not totally smart or organized most of the time. Ah, dog. Mm-hmm. And generally, things that are not very smart aren't very good at lying. Yeah, but the important part that Susiana is going to bring up is that um, kobolds tend to not use magic. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, that's fucking weird. Wait a minute, how far away are they? Um, at this point, like, I, I think Andex and Susie would probably wait to make comments until they're out of earshot, at least. Yeah. Hmm. And when she says that kobolds don't generally use magic, Hamish shrugged and be like, yeah, well, axes don't usually wiggle on their own. Mice don't usually talk to um, orcs. It's just one hey, of Hey, Chikova. Yes. Does your little invisibility spell work on other people? I... I think it does. I think it's touch. Hmm. Uh, when a creature you touch yep. become, a creature you touch becomes invisible until the spell ends. Um, how long does it last? An hour. One hour. You wouldn't mind sharing one of those with me, would you? I got you. Just pat Liam on the back and do a little uh, magic magic. And Liam's gonna vanish into thin air. And Susiana's gonna look at Jakova and at the empty air and go, um, what's the plan? Uh, give me, give me a minute. Um, and Liam is gonna go chase after the kobold group uh, as quietly as he may. Susiana's gonna cast invisibility on Jakova and say, go with him. 
Uh, Jacobo will toss my gold at uh, uh, Jeremy, I guess. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say Jeremy. Jeremy would absolutely catch it. Jer Jeremy seems to be the most responsible out of the uh, DNR. Really <laughs> <laughs> that aren't leaving. And Jeremy will nod an understanding and he'll actually start uh, counting out Andax's part immediately. And Jacob will chase down Liam. And is just going to sit on the end of the cart and swing her legs and wait for everybody to get back. <laughs> yep. And uh, it says it ends when you cast a spell. Well, that's lame. All right, he's going to have to do this the old-fashioned way then. <laughs> um. Okay. All right. So Liam's going to chase after them. What's the plan? What are you hoping to? Uh, so he is going to fucking rob the person in the cloak because he wants to know what that uh, wand is. Ooh, that's going to be tough. But, hmm. so you're just going to pickpocket? Simple as that? Well, because unfortunately, if I cast a spell, yeah. uh, I lose my invisibility. Yeah, you need greater invisibility for that. Yes. Which is, oh, it's tough. Yes. Um, there wouldn't be, let's see, let's see. Do, 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 do. Probably not. What's that? Um, there would be a spot up ahead where he'd be able to, like, hide behind something, would he? Uh, no, because they're going to be able to hear him. Yeah, and also most of this whole has to be able to... area. And no, never mind. It's not going to help. Fairly. Because it has to be able to hear. Yeah, he's going to straight up fucking rob him because... That's the only way you can do it. Okay, that's tough. Mm -hmm. All right. This is going to be really, really risky. Roll your sleight of hand. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Ten. So. There is a procession of about two dozen kobolds plus the hooded mm -hmm. one. Plus the Eton. They're walking yeah. along quietly in the direction of the Pillar of Smoke, which you now know to be, I suppose we call it like a cobalt settlement. Mm -hmm. And uh, Liam just tries to reach for the pocket. I'm going to quickly roll like a d20 plus two as a deck save to see if the cobalt reacts fast enough to stop you from taking 12. Yes. Well, not necessarily. I will say that mm. with that, the sneaky part, <laughs> Slight of Hand's more sneaky than getting it. It's pretty mm -hmm. easy to reach into a loose rope and grab a stick. The problem yep. is doing it without it noticing. It absolutely mm. notices, but Liam still grabs onto it because it only beat by a couple points. Yep. But it absolutely re like recognizes this. And what does invisibility say? It says, um, me and anything I am holding. Well, not that part. The spell ends when it attacks or creates a spell. Cast attacks or cast a spell. Yes. Yeah. I'd say in this case, just because of the way the dice fell, reaching out for the sleight of hand wasn't very deft. 
sort of an attack. <laughs> not for dealing damage, but it was not a sneaky sneak. It was uh, you bumped into it. So I'm not uh, sure, like, the technicals of how invisibility thinks what is and isn't an attack. But I would say bumping into someone might be enough to end the spell. <laughs> it's like a bubble, right? So, uh, unless you make some sort of good argument otherwise, I'd say you would get it, but now invisibility's broken and you're standing there in front of two dozen kobolds plus an Etten plus a hooded kobold holding his wand. Um, he's going to very quickly say, uh, now your memory, I will muddy so you think I'm your buddy. And he's going to cast Charm Person. Ooh. Well... I will have you know that these things are not terribly wise. Flat T20. 18. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, it's in my hand. Yeah. I'm fucking running. Okay, you're you're running. Uh, roll and athletics. Jacoba's right there, invisible. Is Jacoba going to... What's Shakova gonna do? Uh, uh, good question. Um, what do I got? Oh, uh, he is going to grab Liam by the collar and cast darkness around him. Ooh, fifteen foot radius sphere. The darkness spreads around corners. Dark vision can't pierce it. Hmm. Okay. Ooh. So now your invisibility is broken. But now there's a sphere of darkness obscuring where you are. And I have a hold of Liam and we're running. Okay. So you're just gonna just cheese it? <laughs> um Darkness is a good spell, but there's not that many uh if the point it. you choose is an object you are holding or one that isn't being worn or carried, the darkness emanates from the object and moves with it. So are you casting this on the ground? Or are you casting it on his... Sh- not a, on the ground. Tapping on his shirt. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if you could utilize the object moving around. Oh. I could like reach up and cast it on the hooded kobold. Ooh. Correct? Yes. Uh, range is 50 feet, 60 feet. So 60 feet, 60. Yeah, I would say that since they were walking, Jacoba understands that it has something to do with the group. I, I'd say he's definitely close enough because we don't have a map going on right now. I'd say he was definitely close enough to be able to do something like that. So probably do that as soon as Liam like, becomes uninvisible and everyone is steering the headlights for a moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he cast that. Right. Um, let me just. So yeah. So <laughs> Liam tries to steal it. He becomes visible. His eyes go wide. The Kobo goes, "What the fuck?" And everything goes dark. Yes. <laughs> and, and okay. Chaos breaks out. Yeah. So they just got turned around and run. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So Liam's gonna start running. This will... Let me just roll a d20 for the group just to see how quickly they react. 
five. They're they're confused. They have no idea what's going on. So for the group as a whole, Jacoba casts darkness like in the middle and it encompasses like all of like the whole group, the whole platoon, squad, whatever you want to call it. They Liam reacts quickly. He understands what's going on. He's like, shit, we gotta go. And the all the kobolds and the Etten are just confused. Because first there was deer in headlights, and now it's pitch black. So it'll take them several seconds to move around, figure out what's going on. They're going to start growling and calling out, and Liam's going to start running. So I assume you're going to mm-hmm. run straight for Fairbay. Uh, Jacoba, could you also roll athletics for me? Because Liam already did that. That's the, let's get the fuck out of here roll. Twenty one. God damn. Okay. <laughs> so between the two of you, you have a really good clip. This was you're not very far from Fairbay, fortunately. So you managed to get mm-hmm. get that done. And you're talking maybe five, ten miles away from Fairbay. Far enough that you could do the rendezvous with the monster with other monsters without causing too much of a stir, and then you gave them some time to get away. So you guys all run. You're going to be passing the group with the yep. ox cart, which is stationary, by the way. Um, as Liam is running by, he is probably he's going to yell, don't ask questions, just follow as fast as you can. Um, We've got a cart. Andex is going to follow orders and abandon the cart, and he's going to run. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy is going to wait for... How will the ox run? I'm assuming... Um, can Liam also try and spook the ox so it'll start running? Yeah, it's not going to run towards Fairbay, though. Don't use shit. Because you, you had gotten towards Fairbay and then walked away from Fairbay. It, if you want the ox to run, it's not going to turn around very quickly because it's got a whole cart to worry about. Shit. So you could, but it'd be running away, which is a problem. You may not be getting that security deposit back. <laughs> Yeah. Don't think we would be, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not Hamish's fault. <laughs> no, that's why it's so sad. It's on the record. <laughs> so, let the record show it's not Hamish's. Hamish, realizing the situation, is going to sigh, <laughs> point his finger at the cart, and set it on fire, and send it green towards the bubbles. <laughs> He, he is sitting on the cart. This is Jeremy. Oh no! God, you can jump off. He was just taking one for the team. Jeremy will definitely fall off. Like, well, I mean, I imagine V is gonna jump off and yank Jeremy with her. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> lights on fire. What the hell, Hamish? Hamish is just going to point at Chakova and Liam and shrug and stomp off down the path. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, V will take up like the back of like she'll stay at the back of the group. Uh, okay. So she'll run as fast as the slowest person, I guess. Alright, everyone roll athletics. I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> Alright, well, the good news is that whole procession is not going quickly. <laughs> Jeremy Kritz. Oh god, Jeremy! So, so did Liam. 
Uh, I'm gonna roll for Susie too. Oh, Susie rolled the lowest of the group. She's at the back of the pack. Oh, oh Susie! Keeping up with Susie. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, well, question. Yeah. Yeah, can just give, fucking carry her. Can I give? <laughs> I was gonna say piggyback, but. Well. You know. Well. Uh. You roll a 20 for athletics. Let's roll a yep. unskilled strength check just for- uh, oh, Don't full, do this to me. For full princess carry. Crit don't do this oh no. <laughs> no. That's why I said piggyback. I said piggyback. Uh, well, <laughs> no, this, there was a little bit of stuff. I'm not, I'm not gonna penalize your athletics check for that, but there was like a moment of V just for a moment thought in her mind that she could do something super romantic and scoop her up. And it just doesn't work out. And they all, they just decide, like, you know what, let's just run. Okay. Because <laughs> I also rolled for the group chasing you, and I rolled a four. They are not oh. organized. They're not rolling terribly fast. So they've got a flaming cart heading towards them. Yeah, yeah. attracted by that. So very quickly, they will realize they're not catching up to you. So um, roll perception for me, really quick. Oh no. Uh, hey, Mr. <laughs> running. V's trying to do the princess carry. Yeah, she's just. Liam is fucking running. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no one's paying attention except for Jacoba. So, Jacoba being the only one, and X is even going to look. Um, Jacoba being the only one paying attention, uh, looking back to see how close that group is, he, notice, he notices that the group pretty much stops at the cart as it catches up to them and the cobalts quickly remove the cart from the ox and the Etten picks up the ox and hauls it over his shoulder and walks away with it. Well, <laughs> someone's having ox for yeah. supper. <laughs> so you all get away from this whole group of kobolds and the giant and you manage to uh, walk away with his magic wand. And when mm -hmm. Hamish hears someone's having ox for supper, he'll shake his head sadly and say, man, I bet he's got a recipe for ox too. <laughs> it's okay, uh, Hamish. I know a recipe for a really good rabbit stew. We can make that. That'll cheer Hamish up a little bit. All right. So splitting a thousand gold six ways means everyone gets 166 golds and there's a rounding on that because Jeremy is not going to take a cut. He is, however, going to keep the rounding error just so it's fair to everyone. So he gets one. Everyone else gets 166 gold, including Andex and Susie. Uh, Jacoba said that Andex, Andex would be paid two, 250, and he will give however much to even that out. Uh, 83. 83. You said 126 for each of us? 166 each. Oh, even better. Yes. Except 1,000 doesn't divide six ways evenly, so that one gold piece that doesn't round out evenly, Jeremy will keep, and I will add one gold piece to Jeremy's inventory, which is more about fairness than it is about... Because he's the highest ranking officer we have. Yes, he's also an altruist, so... <laughs> he's like, just so that no one complains... He will take the one because no one's going to complain that he gets paid one gold. So now he has one gold in his inventory. And we'll see if that ever becomes relevant. 
So I hope to God, like years down the line, Jeremy's still with us. Just like, hey guys, I have a gold if you need it. Yeah, and it's like the... with the amount of hit points he has, that's uh, that's iffy. He has survived this long without dying. I mean, but he's, he's been down. Place. He's been down more times than we care to admit. Uh, I think it's been two times he's been downed. Which That's is more, more than, than I care, care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> it should be zero because he's our special boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's not our fault he wanted to go stomp some squeakers. <laughs> yeah, and then I they just mauled him. Yeah, he got swarmed. So heading back into Fairbay, Andax will take his leave of you. He'll take his little pouch of gold and nod to everyone and say, uh, "Pleasure doing business with you." And he'll head back to uh, his abode. And everyone Scubble will do the uh, Dubro. Uh, like forearm oh, the, handshake the wrist grasp yeah yeah the uh predator thing and heading back into fairbase Susie will also head back to the honorable pillow she will not be participating in the uh after action report powwow that you guys do turns out today we're having our meeting at pillow by some random um, chance yeah so weird <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, before Susie goes off, V will like take her side for a second and be like, sorry for the whole weird thing. And she's probably like blushing a little bit, like in the forest, you know. I don't know. Um, we were going slow. I thought I could help. But... And Susie will give her a little pat on the cheek, like, it's okay. It's a thought that counts. It's like that. Pat. Like, ah, oh, you dumb. Pat on the cheek, you say? Yeah. <laughs> That, that playful light smack, like, oh, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she'll head back to the honorable pillow. If you will just watch her walk off holding her cheek. <laughs> <gasps> she touched it. <laughs> Next time. I mean, she does that same move to Jacoba. <laughs> well, that's a good sign, though, because... I mean, yes, true. It just means she's comfortable with you. And that's that's a good step. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Heading back to the office, uh, it's roughly like 4 p.m. at this point, late afternoon, evening. And uh, Umbrin will be in the office. Cheddar will not be, because it's still daylight hours. And everyone will head back in, and Umbrin will ask for a report on what happened, because uh, that whole request was very weird. Um, turns out it was a bunch of kobolds that wanted the Etten. Um, no, we didn't give them the Etten. We just gave them the giant. We couldn't find the Etten. And Umbrin will just shake his head. <laughs> so, so, so you the gave... kobolds wanted the two-headed giants. We gave it to them. Um, they did a thing with some magic and made them docile-ish or something. I don't know. I have a wand and I don't know what it does. Um, so is that why they started chasing us? Yes. Uh, yes. <sighs> okay, uh, this whole thing. So you stole from a client, but that client is a potential, like, existential threat to Fairbay. But they said they weren't, but you have no proof of that other than their word. And the... Uh, uh, okay. And you gave them, if they are an existential threat, you gave them a giant... Evidently, as a recruit. Hey, we didn't know it was the uh, the the the, the, the kobolds until after we delivered the giant. He's exactly a very good cook. They may just be wanting to start a restaurant. 
<laughs> I mean, did, did they pay you? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's good at least. Um, this, what, what'd you get? Magic wand. Cobalt's had magic. And that's weird. Okay. There it is. <laughs> I realized we have Jeremy and a wiggling axe and some beef jerky that flies around like a bullet. But I mean, um, no, you can't hold my wand, V. Okay. No. Uh, that's some very personal information there. No. <laughs> Did you not see the pickup line? <laughs> okay. Uh, see. They gave um, us a thousand gold minus fifty for the cart. So there's that. Uh oh. You lost the cart, didn't you? Just were you expecting it. anything else? Liam and Jacoba were going to have us abandon it, so J Hamish decided to set it on fire with me and Jeremy still in it. I mean, you don't look terribly burned. It, it's uh, she's going to just like dead stare him. Like, <laughs> look, you got to look on the bright side of these things, especially with Hamish. We lost the ox too. Well, I assume. Although, if they are opening a restaurant, that's probably going to be the first dish on the menu. So maybe we should out. Yeah, see, um, I don't think Jacoba and I can go back there. Oof. Okay. Um, okay, well, let, let me see the wand and... Liam will hand it over. He examines it and he rolls a 15 for Arcana total. And so he looks at it and goes, this is very peculiar for a uh, couple reasons. One, it looks like a regular stick, and that is true. The wand is not like a carved wood. It's like kind of gnarled and bent, like he, someone just picked it off a tree somewhere. And it's got some weird magic on it. I would think you described it. Do it made like a made the giant docile. I would think it's like some sort of charm or something. But no, it's just a communication spell of some kind, like a. Like, uh, and he snaps his fingers a little bit, looking for the memory, like a message or a sending or something. Like, like whoever uses this receives information. So if the Etten became docile, maybe it was convinced of something rather than, like, overpowered, you know? Hey, V. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to regret this. Oh, no. You might need to knock me out. And he is going to use the one. Oh god, is he gonna put a gun to his head? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh wait, I'm sorry. What? Uh, Liam says, I might need you to knock me out, and he's gonna use the wand on himself. Uh, and all of this happens about that fast, and no one has any time to react, really. Like, uh, Yep. <laughs> Jacoba will pull out a flask and give it to Liam real quick. <laughs> well, Where's Liam gone? <laughs> Where, wait, where'd Liam go? So in real right time, next to Umbrin. the wand spell that is used upon himself would last about five seconds. All right. In Liam's mind, this will last a very long time. We're talking, depending on how he reacts to the information given, it, his perception could be hours to days to weeks. So the information okay. that he receives is, first of all, he gets transported to a space that is like, 
like that scene from Infinity War when you get the Soul Stone. It's like this sunset, barren wasteland with like a, a starry night sky. And it's very surreal. And standing there is uh, Lester. Yes. Lester? Lester. I, okay. I forgot his name. I almost called him Lindquist again. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, it, Lester's standing there. And Lester looks around and goes, oh, hey, um, weird. I didn't expect to see you here. This uh, um, is awkward. Yeah, likewise. What are you doing here? Also, where? Oh, here? Here is nowhere. Here is uh, your mind, sort of. Well, it's not your mind at the moment, but we are in your head. I am so sorry. Um, no, it's okay. This is a partition in your mind. Your actual oh, mind okay. is somewhere else. I, I made this space in your mind so we could talk, but I didn't expect it to be you. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, if I may, who were you expecting me to be? Um, well, uh, whoever the Rat King decided to pick, to be honest. Most recently, it was that giant fellow. Nice guy, by the way. You were very mean to him. Um... Uh, well, communication problems. Um, um, we were told to fetch him. Also, we were paid a thousand dollars to a thousand gold to fetch him. Well, yeah, um, fetch him alive. So wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Rewind. We didn't torture him. You, wow, you that is harsh. Him. Well, you could have spoken several times him. because he was fighting. Okay, we wanted our thousand dollars. What were we gonna do? Just let him fucking run away? Hey, well, that's neither here nor there. There's better ways. You could have been gentler with him. But he's fine now. He's given potions. Sure, if we could communicate with him. Also, why do you know the Rat King? Hmm? Oh. Are you working with the Rat King? With? <laughs> no, he works He works for me. Well, no, no, no. Let me, let me take a step back. He works for me, and I work for someone else. Who do you work for? I mean, I believe the Rat King told you. Linquist? Yeah, that guy. Uh, Edgar Linquist? The dead Edgar Linquist? Yeah, 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 senior. Wait, there's a junior? Yeah, you talked to junior. He was junior? I don't remember his first name. I'm terrible with names. Edgar is the son who runs the business. Yeah. Senior is the mayor who was assassinated. Who's dead. Apparently with good reason. So, wait, hold on. You're like, wait. You're working for Linquist. Uh -huh. Linquist, uh, the Rat King is working for Linquists. Mm -hmm. um, are you tied to those circles? Um, <laughs> yeah, those are my fault, sort of. So, here's the deal. So you had us call Umniero for fucking nothing? You knew what they were? Yes, because I need them to undo the circles. I don't know how to undo the circles. I tried, but here's the thing. I am not a very good wizard. Um... Not unlike Hamish. Trust me, you're better than Hamish, so it's fine. Sorry, <laughs> Hamish, well, but it's true. No, not. I love unlike, you, anyways. Not unlike Hamish, to be honest. For, for no apparent reason, sitting in that room, Hamish, after seconds, this goes, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Well, in real time, it's pretty much as soon as Liam puts the wand to his head, Hamish goes, "Hey," because in real time, there's like no time has passed. <laughs> So to everyone else, it would seem like Hamish is just saying, very casually saying, hey, to Liam putting the wand at his own face, <laughs> which seems like an underreaction. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. I'm going to say, 
okay anyway so uh as okay never mind because it's all happened like way too quickly anyways never mind. yeah, yeah. It, in dream time this is like taking yeah, yeah. a long time real time is five seconds mm-hmm. so lester says okay let me explain so Lindquist, for some reason never moved on he wanted to do some magic stuff and so he asked me to help okay he didn't ask he kind of did the whole thing that i'm doing right now in both you and Jacoba at the same time. The problem is, I'm not a very good wizard, which is why he was able to get in the whole brain space in the first place. Um, so, uh... Wait, 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 wait. Jacoba's? Jacoba doesn't have the wand. <laughs> oh, um... Yeah, he didn't tell you guys about that. Uh... Uh, uh, uh clearly not. Okay, let me show you, and he snaps his fingers, and... Your vision zooms out from this world and starry landscape, which is probably pretty disorienting, but Liam's an acrobat, so he's okay for the most part. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the, the camera view zooms out of the world and then zooms into a world and you see Theria from above and then you zoom into Fairbay and then you zoom into the Temple of Cord and you zoom into the, the crypt that you had looked into and deep underground you see Jacoba poke his head in and he does not appear invisible to you but you see Jacoba casually walking around well not casually probably he's deliberately looking pretty sneaky but sneaking around the catacombs underneath that you guys um either didn't know about or decided not to go into I think you decided not to go into it because you saw the way down underneath the no no they didn't they, they didn't even know Okay. They didn't even know. That's right. I think, yeah, so Jacoba was the one who was looking, poking his head in to check if uh, Hagar Hammerhand was moving around. Or was it Fulton Fulthorn? One of those two. He poked his head in to see if they were moving and found the passage underneath and later on his own decided to go down. Well, it was Lester who was, like, guiding him to the uh, way line. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He had the voices in his head saying, hey, come here, come here. I need to help. So, to Liam's eyes, Jacoba not invisible, is just walking around these underground catacombs underneath the graveyard at the Temple of Cord that he didn't even know existed. And there's a bunch of undead wandering around down there. And they're not reacting at all to Jacoba. They're just moving around on their own. And you see Jacoba walk through this whole catacomb and touch some stone altar. And you see the spirit of Lindquist and Lester go into Jacoba's mind. And then you fast forward a little bit and you see Jacoba under the bed, like holding his head with a migraine. And, uh, oh, well, that explains the migraine. Um, wait, so Jacoba has Lindquist in his head, like how we're talking right now? Um, well, heh, yes and no. <laughs> it, 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 the answer to like every question so far is yes and no. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're not very helpful right now. Okay, well, this is complicated magic stuff, and I'm trying to communicate to someone who doesn't know magic. I can see in your mind, you're not very good at this stuff. You hum along. In any case, um, I am in Jacoba. Lindquist is not exactly, but I am connected to Lindquist, so sort of. But Through most- you, yes. Lindquist is connected to Jacoba. Through All me, right. mostly just me is in there. But mm-hmm. also, Lindquist is in, in me, so... But Lindquist is is also around. But in any case, 
He can't, like, interact with the world on his own. He needs agents. He had me. I kind of screwed up. But I also succeeded because I accidentally created the Rat King. The Rat King is proving to be far more capable than I was. But... Uh, well, I mean, he does have, like, a small army of kobolds and now an Eden. <laughs> Slash two-headed giant. Well, yes. He awoke at the Circle of Awakening, and that made him quite smart. And so he's able to utilize the magic that awoke him in the first place to awaken other creatures. And so he's building an army. Um, so why does Linquist want this army? Well, there's a couple big things about that. Uh, first of all, he wanted Fairbay to become big, like real big, successful big. It's going to be awesome, actually. And he's like digging through. He's like looking into space a little bit. And Liam can feel in his mind that he is like digging through Liam's memories. And it feels like a tickling in his brain. And it's rather uncomfortable. <laughs> and like his teeth itch a little bit when that's happening. But it's not fun. So while he's doing that, he goes. Liam's going to absentmindedly like scratch his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so while he's doing this, like. Oh, yeah. All right. You already know about this part a little bit. So he wanted to, like, make Fairbay make, make Fair like a big tourist town. It's going to be great. And he could see it. It was going to be fantastic. He was going to be like the big way station between the two major cities on coast to coast. It's going to be fantastic. But unfortunately, he kind of got assassinated. Poison. Fun fact. Um, well, I suppose that fact isn't very fun. It was miserable. But uh, he was poisoned to death the day before he was supposed to meet up with all that. Set the whole thing up. Uh... He hasn't told me who did it, but I have a pretty good guess. And? And? Mm. Oh, right. <laughs> he spaced off for a second. Yeah, yeah. It was all of... Fucking leave hanging like that? Yeah, yeah. It was all of those uh, those old people around town that try to run the city. Like, Tuesday? Yeah, she's one of them. Like, all of them. You know, Ethel, yeah. Tuesday, Melville. Like, they were all in on that. They, they uh, orchestrated this whole thing, and they didn't want to... They didn't want to... They wanted to keep... Yeah, they wanted to keep Fairbay pretty small, which is weird, right? Like, more money. More money is great, and it would make the whole place like a big touristy town, make it probably as big, if not bigger, than, like, uh, Brightport eventually. It's going to be great. Yeah, but at least Tuesday hates people, so, like, she wouldn't want it to be big. Anyway, not important. Okay, so they assassinated her. He's trying to make it big. Where does this magic come in? The magic? Oh, that part? I have no idea. For some reason, after Lindquist died, he stuck around, gained some, like, knowledge of magic and stuff, but couldn't do much with it. So he came to me um, and kind of just invaded. I get the feeling he tried to and then had, And then had you create the circles? Yes, but uh, I think that's the catch-22 in hindsight, right? He tried to invade some mines. The mines that were real smart could resist. But I, evidently, was not very smart. And so he just invaded and had me go make the circles. Gave me all kinds of great knowledge about magic and stuff to create the circles. But um, I kind of screwed them up so they didn't work the way they were supposed to. Like, the, 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 the circle that you had me try and fix, and I failed again to try and fix it. Um, that one was supposed to just bring back like historical figures and have them be like uh, tourist guides and they could tell them about their lives and stuff. It was going to be great. But then I kind of mess it up and it just kind of brought everything back and without memories. 
Uh, I mean, to be fair, you did succeed in bringing back a historical figure. Yes, but he didn't remember until you, like, brought the memories to him, and it just all came flooding back. And he's still not, like, who he was. He's someone else now, just with the memories of who he was. Which, I suppose is great, because you wouldn't want, like, a big warlord being frustrated at being, like, a tour guide. So that's good, right? So, mm. so mission accomplished, except he didn't remember at first. And he's still a skeleton. He was supposed to be, like, human and stuff. That's going to freak out tourists. I feel like... All right. If you ask me. I feel like that would have freaked him out in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I... Well, this definitely did not, like... The plane's not... And things aren't going to plan. So, but in any case... The, like, this is still good for Fairbay, right? But there are political figures in town that need to not be there anymore. So, we just need to, like... Make Fairbay better. We need to, and people in Fairbay aren't gonna do anything about that, right? They're so we need to have a little bit of a coup. <laughs> It'll be great, trust me. It's not gonna be clean though. That's unfortunate. But I mean, they they started it, right? They assassinated Lindquist, and Lindquist got real mad about it. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're getting it. You're getting it. And he'll uh. And he'll zoom out again and show an image of... Oh, will you stop doing that? <laughs> he'll zoom out again and then jump over to the cobalt and what they're doing. And it, he'll show some sort of, like, partial opacity view of the complex the cobalts are showing. And it's quite large. Like, the number of cobalts there, Liam is given the knowledge that it's something in the ballpark of, like, 5,000 cobalts right now and growing. Why are there that many cobalts out there? Where the fuck did they come from? Um, That's also really bad. Without speaking, uh, Liam knows the answer to his own question, which is through the Rat King, he was able to psychically reach out to all of the kobolds in the area, and they're now all migrating in mass to this one location. And uh, that's that's not good. And through the magic of awakening, and through the Rat King, who's sort of like a hive mind leader for them. Uh, they're constructing this huge complex. They're smelting bronze for now, and they're slowly working on mining their way down to gather some more robust metals like iron. And they're going to arm up. And the Etten, most recently, is an extra addition. He's now some extra muscle, and he's going to be one of. He's going to be the first. And you get the impression that he's going to be like the rat. The, the Rat King is to the Kobolds that Etten is going to be for other giants. Great. This is a lot of work just to invade a fucking town. We're not that important yet. Uh, or at all, depending on how this plan goes. Well, what do you think he was going to do from beyond the grave? He was going to come to me and I was going to become a politician? Nah, that's... There's no way that's going to happen. Besides, he has other big plans. Like He, he could have, you know, just moved on now he has to cause a whole bunch of shit for a lot of people just so he can get his merry old way he's not even gonna... okay well no <laughs> he he was definitely not gonna do that he was he was super ambitious about this whole project and it got cut short right when it was gonna happen they were all for it and now he's wishing revenge on the people who harmed that and the circle of animation that made that big mud monster which by the way thank you for taking care of that that was also a bit of a mistake but that's supposed to be like uh you know self-driving carts that will just you know get people around town it's gonna be great sure Alrighty. and he like rubs his hands together and he says all right so first things first 
these guys are going to need some help. Uh, do you think you could, like, get over there and help with uh, some of the manpower, help with some of the smelting? The kobolds are kind of small. They could really use someone with a little extra muscle. Maybe you can convince some of the people in town. Like, uh, hire that uh, dragonborn guy that you just hired. He can go, uh, you know, swing a pickaxe for a little bit. Mine a little bit, help move things around, help organize. Promise, you guys will be officers. And the Fairbrae people trust you. You can get in and distract the guards maybe when the when the time comes. You don't have to deal with Tuesday anymore. I don't deal with Tuesday anyways. Eh, you'll have to deal with Tuesday some more, trust me. She will ne Going through the memories of Lindquist, ugh, she would never shut up. It was all the time, yap, 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 yap. It was only because Umbrin came in and like took the heat off of him that, you know, he had to stop listening to her. She never stops. I just must ignore her. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not really that much of a problem. Well, you, you don't have to ignore her now, but before long, she's going to start yelling more and more, and it's only because you've been out in the woods trying to take care of the circles that I screwed up, which I really appreciate, but you haven't gotten very far on that, uh, that you haven't had to hear her very much. She's always loud. Without you looking, Umbrid has already gotten, like, five more people like Rikus. People that were, like, not human, and she had brought in and arrested, and Umbrin just, you know, quote-unquote, gave her a t gave them a talking to just to satisfy Tuesday and brought in a few extra co coins. Yeah, she's a Xenophobe bitch. Doesn't mean she needs to die. Yeah, but she... I mean, she did try and murder somebody. Possibly murder somebody. No, she definitely murdered Lindquist. She was involved in that whole poisoning thing. She was involved in that. And yeah, and so she deserves medical. justice not to be murdered back. As was Millville, you had you have to listen to him rant endlessly about all of his political views. It's all kinds of crazy nonsense, and all he does is disrupt all the all of the uh, governmental processes. So like, if if we don't have Millville anymore, suddenly Fairbay can function again. All all he does is get in the way. And you think that if someone from like Overdale and from Fair and uh, Brightport rather are gonna go, come over and listen to Millville yell and scream, they'd walk out the moment they heard him. Which Melville would be happy about, by the way. <laughs> Liam's not listening anymore. <laughs> no, he is. His eyes have glazed over a bit. So this goes on for quite a while, where uh, uh, Lester keeps going on and on about like all the people that have been annoying to Liam and how how they're like, you don't have to deal with them anymore. And he shows Liam visions of Fairbay getting big and even like potentially Liam starting his own circus troupe and how successful it would be. It'd be like a mainstay in the new plaza of Fairbay and people from all over the world would come to the world famous circus and show him and his brother and, and Zill. Um, so at some point, um, Liam's ADHD is going to kick in. <laughs> so did you say this like info dump was going to last for days or maybe weeks? But they, uh, I, I, I love the idea Liam, Liam has to sit in the <laughs> For several weeks listening to this. Oh, definitely. It, it's pretty much <laughs> because Lester can see into his mind. It's pretty much as long as it takes for him to be even a little bit convinced by all of this. And he shows him all kinds of visions of things that Liam would potentially want, like you know, opening a new circus. And even at some point, he shows him like his parents joining in. Um, uh, uh, when he sees his parents, Liam is going to, I don't even know what he's going to do. He's going to get like, that was not the thing to show. Um, <laughs> I think as soon as he is, is Lester like standing near him? <clears throat> yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> hold on a second. 
Okay, I was only dying a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, when he sees his parents, he's gonna you're gonna see just like a pained face on on Liam, kind of grimace, and then it's going to turn to rage. Um, and I don't even know what he'd say. So, Liam, because it's just kind of he doesn't outrage at. Yeah, it's it's basically outrage at the idea that like this guy thinks that he can bring his parents back like they're 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 dead yeah. they're not coming back there's nothing so, you can do to bring them back and just like showing him here yeah Lester, like that's supposed to convince him that this is a good idea and I'm yeah he doesn't have to say anything at the end of the day lester can see into his mind so all of that emotional yeah. reaction is conveyed to lester immediately and so the moment that he shows the parents and Liam's reaction is that of like, how dare you like abuse the memory of my parents? And this is like a macabre and disrespectful use of their memory. Um, mm -hmm. Lester will like ingest all of that and and look surprised at Liam's emotional reaction to this and go, wait, you don't know? I thought you still believed. Nothing could have survived that attack. Oh, oh no no no! And he'll once again zoom out. Is there a way that Liam could pull himself out of this vision? Um, has it been ninety seconds IRL yet? <laughs> well, Cue the plate. This whole thing takes this this whole thing takes only five seconds, regardless. Yeah. Of Damn. Sorry, man. It'll, yeah. Yeah. So. So yes, I will allow for a wisdom saving throw. Now it's a that pretty, is exactly what I was expecting. Yeah, it's a pretty high check to hard break out of this. Crit Two. Crit <laughs> Keeping on pace. How fun! Yep. Perfectly uh -huh. on record. So Liam will. So as soon as he, Liam tries to break away before he can be shown anything else, and mm -hmm. he's, and Liam has this emotional reaction of of like, how dare you abuse their memory? And Lester looks at him and goes, "I thought you still believed that they were around." And Liam says, "No, no, no, they're dead." And Lester goes, "What? No, 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 no!" And he zooms out again, like really fast. And you see, let me jump over to the Theria uh, map. So you see the camera pan over Fair Bay to the east over the wastes and zoom in on the wreckage of the circus. And now this is really like macabre and tasteless, but he will show like the bodies of many of Liam's former family members, but among them is not his parents along with like two or three others, Zill included, that managed to survive. And so this is, this vision feels extremely real. Like this is not, this is not he's an gonna... illusion, but rather a vision, a camera pan to an actual place in the wastes right now. Yeah, but he's, all right. Upon seeing it, he's gonna ask Lester, whose memories are these? Like kind of a dead, a dead calm. And he goes, um, "These are nobody's memories. This is, this is what this looks like right now." I don't believe you. 
and he'll then the camera will pan towards the north and zoom towards Lockford and towards the Silver Glade. And zooming into the Silver Glade, you will find a campsite with Liam's parents sitting over there with a fire. And they're beaten and bloodied, but alive and eating and haunted. They do not look well, but neither are they like seriously injured. Um, Liam's just gonna be kind of regarding it with kind of like a thousand yard stare kind of situation. And he's he's gonna look at Lester and he's like, is this supposed to change my mind and make me think suddenly that, you know, you're a good person and what you're doing is a good idea and that I should go along with it? Well, yeah, because... Send me back. I'm done. Think on it. I, I can help you. I can help them. I can even arrange for Zill to get the information. I said, send me back. And I know who did it. And with that, he'll zoom out and fade back. And we jump back to real time. And it has been five seconds. V's had time to grab a plate, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's been five seconds. So unless she like, as soon as he points it at his, at his head, after five seconds, she immediately jumps up with whatever she had in front of her, probably with her food on it and go, ah! <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. He's like, I'm gonna need you to knock. The minute he's like, knock me out, she's already okay. Yeah. Like, okay. already on that. Mm -hmm. Hamish has barely finished saying, hey, and he's slightly mad at Liam, but isn't <laughs> quite sure why. <laughs> Jacobus hand is half in his pocket, pulling out the flask still. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine coming out of this vision, which I would say took like several days of like showing visions of what could be and where his parents are and all of that. Liam is dripping with sweat. He is probably going to collapse onto either a stool or the floor. <laughs> He's going to stand there holding the plate and kind of look at, I guess, Jacoba's next to her and just, do I still hit him? <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeremy will run over to Liam and, and like hold hands up to V like, no, 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 no. He's not, he's not doing anything. And he'll, he'll like kneel down next to Liam and say, hey, hey, hey. And like cradle his head a bit. You okay, buddy? Um, Liam's just gonna get up and leave. Just walks straight out the door. Uh, is the wand on the floor? Or is he taking it with him? The wand is in his hand still. Okay. So he wanders off and Jeremy goes, um, Oh, that's concerning. He's got he's got the stick. And We're just going to let him leave with the stick? And, and Jeremy will try to follow. Yeah, V will run after him. You're like, whoa, are you with still plate you? still in hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was Liam's request. <laughs> <laughs> he's not been knocked out yet. Uh. No. Um, and I don't think he would um, have remembered that he told you to do that. <laughs> yeah, that was days ago. Yeah. Um, so it might be a thing where, like, he gets outside, and that is your 90 seconds. All right. I mean, if he's not going to listen to her and Jeremy running out, like, because she'd be like, hey, yo, Liam, buddy. Um, he'd probably, if you, if, if you said something, he'd probably be like, I you cut out. Um, if. If V says something, he'll probably just say, like, I need some air. And Jeremy will be like, well, at least give the wand just to prove that you're still you. He'll look at Jeremy, like, uh, 
bright in the eye sockets and say, nobody uses this wand. I, I promise. And he salutes. And he will hand it over. And Jeremy will uh, grab it. He'll actually put on a glove first and grab it quickly and then like wrap it up in his cloak a bit, like trying to keep it from touching anything. And he'll like hunched over, walk back into the building with it wrapped up in his cloak that he's still wearing. <laughs> uh, v will follow Liam outside, just like quietly with her plate. <laughs> with her plate. <laughs> Armed with a plate and, and gumption. <laughs> She's less likely to use it right now, but... Jeremy goes um, to the office. When... He's going to get outside. I'd say he's probably going to get 100 feet and then realize that V is following. Um, and he's just kind of fairly quietly just going to be... I don't know what he's... Hmm. He is processing a lot right now. Um, <laughs> there, he's just gonna look at her and he's gonna be like they're i think they're gonna invade the city yeah and there is shit's fucked v this is not good did we tell you about lester did we tell you about linguist i think i think there was a big info dump like day one or two okay so just a slow nod she'll just give a slow nod it's weird but linguist is dead but he's still behind this he I think he wants to invade the city with the Cobalts so he can make it into this grand metropolis. That's why that's why that's why he's dead. People didn't want him to do that. And he decided invasion was the way to go. Yep. I think Lester's working with them. They spent a long time, not a lot of time. How long has it been? Um, 76 seconds. <laughs> um, I don't know, it's probably a bit longer than that, but. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's been, couldn't have been more than a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a few minutes. It's been a couple minutes. Um, yeah, sure. Really, all I had time to do was grab the plate. Didn't even get to hit you. Um, thank, thank you for not doing that. And she'll just shrug. It was your idea. Yeah. You really don't remember? I don't. Honestly, I don't really know. I don't. I don't know what else Liam would say. He's kind of. I mean, for him, it's been like what a couple of days, so he's pretty exhausted right now, and. V can probably see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, um, he's got like three or four continuous days of like seductive whispering and temptation yeah. and convincing. And um, so I think, I think he's just going to look at her and, and be like, I, I need some sleep. I'll, I'll try and tell you what's going on tomorrow as best I can. All right. You should probably stay at the office though. Yeah. You know, just in case. And she'll kind of like wiggle the plate a little. He will, he will nod 
and start walking back to the office. And she'll kind of just like pat him on the back gently as he goes by. Like, we'll we'll mm-hmm. figure this out. Uh, I, yeah, we're gonna have to figure something out. And she'll escort him back to the office. All right. So again, it's about four in the afternoon, evening. Um, mm-hmm. Jeremy has now at this point taken off his cloak and tightly wrapped it around this wand. He's treating it like serious radioactive hazard. (laughs) As he should. And he has put it on a table against the farthest wall, like a place that actually, actually no, he's actually scoot a table because there's no tables against the far corner. He scoot a table as far away from everyone as he could take it and then put it over there. And he's now standing near it with his back to it with his arms folded like he's standing guard hey mitchell um noticed that liam is feeling sad and when he comes back in he's just gonna go over and kind of like wrap his arms around his waist briefly and like give him a a dwarf hug (laughs) and then he'll pat him lightly on the crotch and walk away I think that's the first time V's seen Hamish do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's gonna... Oh, God. She's gonna look from Hamish to Liam. Hamish, Liam, and she'll be like, do I want to know? She's gonna come to a conclusion. You know what? Love is love. (laughs) And just walk back into the kitchen, like... (laughs) So I assume Liam's going to zombie trudge over to a cot somewhere and pass out for the night. And unless anyone else wants to do anything for this evening in game time, I think uh, we can call the session here today. Oh, shit. I was muted. Um, I was saying that Liam was going to pass out on the closest cot to the door. Yeah. Just trudge over and zombie walk over and pass out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Jacob's cot. <laughs> Does have his name on it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, haha, because V still has a cot to sleep on. Jacob's <laughs> got a bed back at the inn. So does V. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Off camera, both of you like try to subtly hint that you. Oh no, I don't have a bed for tonight. <laughs> oh, it's me. Oh, it oh, doesn't, and V does. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, Jacoba, you can take the other cot. I'll figure something else out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, what kind of gentleman would I be if I took the last cot? No one's accused you of being a gentleman. All right. <laughs> accused? Jesus, <laughs> 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 uh, fuck. All right, I think that's uh, a, a sad but good note to end the session on. Liam has been mind tortured through a horrific eldritch device through actions of his own. Yeah. But also it invaded his mind and knew exactly what to show him to tempt him and upset him. And now there are questions to be had, like how accurate was that information? Were the Im- images he showed showed him were real or was it fancy or was it memory or what was it? Certainly felt real at the time, but that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Because if it was real, 
it has been like several weeks. Why are they camping out and still injured? Well, I mean, they're in the Silver Glade. I think that answers the injury question. Well, you brought us over to Lockford. Well, the camera panned towards Lockford and then it zoomed into the Silver Glade. Okay. They were camping Why are they in the, the Silver woods. Glade? Why would they be camping in the woods? Because that's what you do in the woods. You camp. <laughs> Unless you're a bear. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, then you just live there. First wild guess is it's possible that they're hiding or fleeing pursuit. Because mm. you were, or he's just ambush and attack, or he's just trying to show me what he thinks I want to see. Which is also a possibility. He had invaded your mind. It's possible all of those images were produced by your fancies and your imagination. Mm. So it's hard to say. So you you can uh, safely assume that if something like the Etten was shown something like this. Uh, it probably did not experience multiple days of temptations. Mm. <laughs> it probably experienced like we have infinite food and weapons. You want in? <laughs> and he went. And then he spontaneously received an ox to eat. Uh, yeah, and he just went. Uh huh. Yeah, sure enough, he got an ox almost cooked on its own too. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, you can imagine something like the Etten was not uh, a difficult sell. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. We have a Discord now, and that will be linked in the description of this episode. And please send all feedback and dear Hamish letters to dnrfancast at gmail.com. That's the letters, dnrfancast at gmail.com.